Hello and welcome to Abnormal Mapping, episode 112. I'm your host, Em, and with me is my regular co-host, Jackson. We really should have done this on episode 108, if you think about it. Jackson, what's Pokemon 112? <laughs> <laughs> I did this, yes! Right, people who live... I assume we have some people who just listen to Abnormal Mapping, just like, oh, that's a video game podcast, comes out every month, I listen to it. Low investment. That aren't keeping up to date with the multi-tiered bits that we're doing on multiple multiple side podcasts because we're ridiculous because this one's a serious one where we talk this about video serious games ones. we don't bring our fucking like um atop the fourth wall lore in here yeah um if you if you don't know i guess uh, we do a gundam podcast <laughs> every week called the great gundam project uh we like it but because that one's in like the one it's hitting 170 this week um the numbers have no meaning to me, uh, but I like to keep track of them. So we decided to use Pokemon because that's the only thing that goes up into the hundred, multiple hundreds uh, that would that I care about. Um, and so every time I get to quiz Jacks what Pokemon it is, but we didn't start until episode 124. So recently, if you're at the one dollar tier, you're listening to Gundam. You got a Voip Life, which is usually a ten dollar podcast. These are just plugs. We're just doing plugs at the front. This is what we're doing. Uh, back is front. Uh, top up is down. It's Christmas Eve when we're recording this, but. VoIP Life. Uh, we did all 123 ones that we had not covered. I asked Jackson to guess them all. They did very poorly. It was very fun. People liked it. If you only pay $1 to the Patreon, you can get that episode. Uh, it's a great uh, support for us. You can listen to Gundam. Um, I guess if you don't like Gundam, it's a really bad deal. <laughs> but yeah. to be honest, I didn't like Gundam when we started. I'm still not sure about that. <laughs> we'll see how it ends up in seven years. Yeah. Conflicted feelings. Anyway, that's that's what's been happening. Um, Jackson, how have you been enjoying the new consoles? <laughs> They've been fine. They've been nice. I've been playing some Halo. Oh, um, Halo Infinite. That wait, that's not until next year. No, just some just some Halo. Just some honest to god Halo. Jackson. Yes. You bought an Xbox. Yeah. You're playing fucking Halo. <laughs> you bought an Xbox. You already had an Xbox that could play Halo really well. That's, that, that's true. Look, um, I, I bought the things. They, they are here to work going forward. I'm not like, now I need to binge everything on these new consoles. Yeah. I was scared that the money was, was going to be worthless in January. News today looks like that might not be as true as I thought, but we're not fully out the woods. <laughs> That's um <laughs> that is the that is the eternal news bulletin. Things are not as bad as you feared, but not by much. <laughs> <laughs> not by much. Uh, uh yeah. Um it's re- it's really nice. The Halo loads so fast now. <laughs> um how's that PlayStation going? Um it's it's good. It's how's weirdly Demon loud. Souls? I did play a bit of Demon Souls. It's, it's I did then I fell off it again, like I always do. Every Souls game, every time I always fall off it. Um, I just don't have the. Uh... We're gonna have to do one of these for a podcast. Not probably not this year, and by this year I mean twenty twenty one, where all our planning brain is. Um, but twenty twenty two, we're gonna play Sekiro. Yeah, that's that's actually on the agenda. We were gonna do it next year, and then we decided to play a bunch of JRPGs instead. Um, <laughs> we couldn't go from a JRPG to Sekiro back to another JRPG. Yeah. But giving, a it, giving it one of the JRPG slots sounded really rude, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's because it's 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 not a JRPG. They took all the RPG stuff out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know I have played more stuff on on the PlayStation, but it's all been like PS4 games. <laughs> they run real well now. Let me tell you. 
I bought an Xbox. I got one. I've been trying to buy an Xbox since they came out, but I got one. It, it's supposed to be here on Monday, but we're recording this on Thursday, so that doesn't help anyone. Xbox! Xbox. I'm really excited. I um, I added Crackdown to my library. Um, uh, you should buy... Um, there, there's a sale going. You should get a Radiant Silvergun. It's, uh, it's like... $4. Oh, yes, absolutely. I will do that. Um, it's currently on sale. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've always wanted to play it. I've actually never played it. I, by the time it came out on Xbox Live Arcade, I was all on PS3, and I, I didn't want to load up my Xbox for anything. So that's Yeah, that's how it was back in those days. <laughs> yeah. How uh, the tables have turned. Yeah. Look, Sony's, Sony can't even keep their Japan studio together. Like, what are we doing here? Everyone's leaving. The Japan studio is done. Yeah. Someone else did a video. Um, it was uh, it was uh, Thor Hills, who's the like composer of Iranian Generation, so like real one for life. Yeah, uh, did a video about uh, uh, like unlocalized Japanese PS2 games. Um, and obviously ended with the big one, the only one that matters, the the video game Holy Grail. Oh, my uh, summer vacation. My summer vacation, and then they have they literally asked the journalist to look into this. Millennium Kitchen ex- still exists. Uh, they do not make video games anymore. They currently make curry. <laughs> oh, that sounds like, like a much better life. Are you kidding me? I'd rather, much rather make curry than video games. And the only note they could find is, please stop asking us about my summer vacation. Sony owns that. So if Sony owns it, never. Never! Someone, some, there has to be a fan effort to make. I don't care which one you translate. Honestly, I'll play any of them. It doesn't have to be in order. I don't give a shit. Someone, do the work. I'm slowly learning Japanese, but the amount of Japanese I need to be able to play to play <laughs> the PS1 game that's like a nostalgia grab for boomers in Japan is probably higher than I'm going to get anytime soon. So I just want to listen to Karone play video games. I'm not trying to read a game. <laughs> it's it's I just want I just want my son vacation so bad. Yep. I'm so sad that like, they had to put a note saying, stop asking us. It's the only note. We're making curry now, which, you know, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. No disrespect to them. All disrespect to Sony. What the hell's going on Infinite over there? Infinite disrespect to Sony. Fuck a Sony. <laughs> Fuck a Sony. Um, yeah. Uh, we obviously don't have Game of the Year. You can tell by the title of this episode. We played a video game instead. Um, weird year. This I guess year, we should do like, a little bit map. of recap, though. Like, we should do something. What I mentioned how much fucking Kingdom Hearts I played. Yeah. Uh this this was the year I got back into video games. My game of the year yeah. is Umurangi Generation. That's it. That's all you need to know. It's a good video game. Play that one. Fuck all the others. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're not I don't it's hard to talk about because I want to talk about it explicitly, but also people should play it. But also before the Switch port is out, I know a lot of our listenership cannot play it because nobody has PCs anymore because it's <laughs> 2020. I won't talk about the plot and themes like uh, explicitly, but I will say that uh, there are people. <laughs> I'm going to call out Patrick Clavick right now. People saying on podcasts that all oh, the game's awkward to play and weird, and that's not true. It's not it's, true. It's not even slightly true. Every single like big game with a million menus has more awkward shit. Than I was I was really worried could. going into it because I was like, oh, this is like a Tony Hawk, and you know I don't like Tony Hawk in terms of right. Like, make no. do the checklist in the time limit. The game is so soft about that. Like it doesn't care. You just do it. Just play the video game. It's just a fucking video game. It's really easy. <laughs> yeah. And if you if you're like I don't know how to get this one shot, just look it up. Just Google it. It's fine. Someone else is showing you in a five minute video how to get all the shots in every level. It's it's so good. It's just so good. And yeah, I'm just going to say that, I guess, because I can't say anything else. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, 
not everyone has a computer um yeah. but when it's out on switch everyone should go try it yeah it's great dlc is even better it's like three hours long for the whole thing uh the soundtrack is impressive and massive and incredible um great game absolutely yeah every other game you know i played some some of them are good you know but played, nobody, you don't need to you don't need to sit here and have someone tell you Hades is pretty decent. I thought that was good in 2019 when I was playing in early access. It's still pretty good. Yeah, I really people, enjoyed it. people need to be normal about Hades. <laughs> I I got through the the I didn't get to the final boss. I got like to the last world, like almost to it. Uh, uh, and by Hades. that you mean you barely touched the plot. <laughs> um. Yes. <laughs> it seemed well written and fine. I wasn't like super hooked on it right like i enjoyed doing the roguelike stuff i didn't you know i had other stuff to do it was right there for me i don't i it was a good game i don't know <laughs> you know sometimes a game is just there and you don't feel like desperate need to replay it constantly which is probably a good thing for a roguelike to have sure the plot is about beating it 10 times so you got to do that that's that's when the game's over well then i'll if i if i, if I get an urge to, f- to find out what that is i will turn on god mode and do that because i was just playing the game god mode will not make the game instantly easier <laughs> no but it will make it gradually it, it, gives, it makes you it gives you like bonus strength like every time you it gives you die. it gives you a two percent damage resistance every time you die yes okay that's less than i thought it was yes <laughs> <laughs> It's called God Mode, so I just assumed. Yeah, and by that they mean that you will become a god slowly over time, much like the whole part of the game is you earning your self identity by escaping over and over again. Uh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Have I even played any other game from this year? <laughs> um, From this year? I mean, I played Hyrule Warriors. That game's pretty good. I, yeah. um... What else is oh, from right. this year? What's what Seven are video games? Seven remake. Oh, I didn't play that. Shit. I Fuck did. That. It's pretty good. No, you're not allowed to pretty, talk about it's that pretty here. Good. You literally, you can't do this to me. You know it's upsetting. I. It's the part where it is now. It is more upsetting now than it was in April for you. I don't understand. I, I guess I respect it. You know, you have your personal freedom. Animal Crossing came out. That was a, not a very good game. That's unfortunate. We're still sad right. about it. Was it actually not very good, or was it just not? Was Animal Crossing? If new, if new leaf had come out today, would that have been better? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Straight up, no question. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Because <laughs> I can never tell, like, quite, you know, how that like ends up breaking down. Yeah, Genshin. I played like fifty hours of Genshin. Done with Genshin, probably, but you know, had a good time. Had a good time. Video games. We're yeah. we're enjoying them. Yeah, just normally, like uh, the thing. Just this week, I was like, I should sit down and play something for the for to talk about on normal mapping. And you know what I did instead? I played six hours of Muse Dash and had a better time. Can't say shit about that. It's no, a music it's game. it's good. I bought a new keyboard to be better at Muse Dash. It worked. <laughs> it worked. You turned off your voice meter, got that input latency down. Yep. Deleted voice meter off my computer, bought a expensive keyboard so I could uh, hit the buttons better, and I'm having a great time. Yeah, no, I, after you, um, like, pushing me in this direction of this, like, for years, uh, it just happened to be on sale at the time you mentioned it, uh, so I picked up, uh, the, the PS4 Miku game. Oh, the, yeah, the, Future Tone. The, the, yeah, Future Tone, and, uh, yeah, I'm playing, I play that occasionally, just load it up, play a few songs, it's great. That's so good. 
That's such don't a good need, rhythm don't need game. Any of that virtual pet shit. Like it's just a big carousel of songs. It's all you want. It's all you need. Yeah, it's literally just a list of like 200, 300 songs and yeah. no- nothing else. Yep. Every other rhythm game, take note. All we need is the songs. Just, just port your arcade games. That's all we want. Oh, I did play that Taiko uh, RPG. Speaking of rhythm games with too much stuff in them, too much stuff in them. Yes, um, it's good. It's fun. Uh, it's weird because like I think the RPG is really cute, but Taiko like it's the most we just smashed things together and didn't do a lot of work. This is a this is a game that you came out on Switch like or whatever, and like years ago, finally came over to the West because. When you get into battle, it just plays like a, like, there's like a subset of the songs. There's like whatever, like maybe like 70 songs in the game. Um, and they split them up and you get like, you know, 10 songs per world. And then if you get in a random battle, it pulls from one of the songs and then it just plays it until you've killed everyone. And that means that you're just like playing the first 40% of most of these songs over and over again. <laughs> I didn't realize it was that explicitly an RPG. Yeah. Yep. I was assuming something more like Theorhythm No, 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 no. It's just, you walk around, you do quests. Uh, when you defeat characters, somebody's asked to join your party. You always say yes. I don't know why you'd say no. Um, and then your party's made up of a bunch of monsters or whatever. Um, Fair enough. And then you, you go through a dungeon and you beat the boss and then you go to the next area. You do it again. It's very straightforward, but uh, in a pleasant way. That's always nice. I do, li- I do like it when any game tries to just become an RPG. It's always good. Put RPG modes more in things. But not in the yeah. way that like every game's an RPG. I mean like that one uh, tennis game that was just a JRPG. Uh, yeah, fair enough. It's, like, it's, uh, it's the PSP version of uh, Everybody's Tennis. It's really good. It's a great tennis game. You go around different little locations fighting everyone, playing little games of tennis with a couple tournaments. It's good. It's what you want. What if we did an abnormal mapping on Mario Golf GBA? I know this. That's the one. That's the one of those, right? Like, because yes. like, I, I know in the like 20 years or whatever since oh, then, all the even, RPG. It's not even GBA. I'm pretty sure it's a Game Boy Color game. I said the Game Boy Color game. Okay. Yeah. I know that at one point that that's why everyone liked the Camelot, like uh, Mario games. And then all the <laughs> RPG people left because they're not making Golden Sun anymore. And then they tried to put a new story mode in the new tennis. It didn't do it. Nope. It, di- it simply didn't do it even slightly. Uh, that dream's dead. But yeah, I'll definitely play it. Um, uh, I I guess it's the G- GBC uh, Golf. I defer to you. But I know that like those games had these kind of modes. Yeah, that game specifically, uh, you could use the pack that went into your 64 to unlock the characters in Mario Golf 64 from the GB, from the Game of Color game. I can't Amazing. say GBC. I've never said that in my life. It GBC. sounds so foreign. GBC. Yes. I know GBA. that's like, I know that's like specifically the abbreviation, but Game of Color was around for so long that like, or for so little time, it's not like a category I think of as like unique. I think of the Game Boy Color as an upgrade to the Game Boy. I know it yeah. is technically its own console. Yeah. Like, and it has games that are only for it, but there's like six of them that matter. Right. And a lot of them are like new versions of the old game. Like, GBA is a word. It's like R2-D2, I guess. Yeah, yeah. To me, I don't think but of game that as color letters. Is, uh, GBC is nothing. That doesn't read in my brain. GCN. Uh, I, I say GCN too much. I you don't like say GCN. GCN out loud. No, no, I don't say it out loud. That's ridiculous. GameCube. It's called a GameCube. It's called a why GameCube. Would you, why would you throw away a great term like GameCube? GameCube. GameCube. A cube of game. <laughs> what better cube could you ask for? I can't uh, think of one. I don't know. Um, well, that's this year. <laughs> GameCube. <laughs> 
Um, it's much healthier <laughs> just joke about Game Boy Color games than to think uh, to, to play games like uh, Watch Dogs Legion, which you played this. Oh right, I played Watch Dogs Legion and reviewed it, and I've already forgotten I did that. Um, but uh, right, I I uh, <laughs> I, I uh, made Ubisoft remove Helen Lewis from the game. That was honestly, me. that's like that, that should go on your CV. I feel like. Made the entire like blue tick class of the UK mad for twenty four hours it was great. Yep. Uh, God, what a bad game. They're hacking the Queen in real life now. Yes. Um, we faffed about enough. We can get into the podcast. Should we have an actual podcast and not just <laughs> talk complete nonsense? People, people enjoy. It. People enjoy it when we talk nonsense. But it's time to get <laughs> serious. It's time to talk about the war. It's time to talk about Final Fantasy Tactics. Game Club this month is Genso Suikoden. Suikoden. Also known as Suikoden. One. <laughs> which is Suikoden. A, which is a role-playing game uh, published by Konami in 1995 in Japan on the PlayStation. It was directed by Yoshitaka Murayama. It was uh, designed by Junko Kawano. They met when they were both working on Konami was going to build a console uh to uh, be part of this generation that the PlayStation ended up dominating. Um, and they were in the planning stages of that. And they were like, we're not doing that anymore, actually. We're just making PlayStation games. Would you like to make an RPG? And they're like, well, we like being employed, so yes. <laughs> A Konami console. Yes. Uh, it's composed by five people because it's Konami in the mid-90s. Um, yeah, Konami sound team. Yeah. And um, you know what? Not much of a team. Poor team. <laughs> not a not a great soundtrack. This. Um, before Jackson gets into the brief summary, I want to say we picked this uh, because Suikoden Two is a known classic game. Everyone talks up. Um, people don't talk about Suikoden One as much, but often people say I really like Suikoden One and Two, uh, and don't mention the games after it, um, which is weird. Um, and so, we were, being us, we had to go back to the first one. Of course, that's how we play video games. Um, and uh, going into this, knowing that it's the, the game that all the people who like tactics games really like and is like the, the politics deep one was very funny. Jackson, please summarize the plot of Suikoden for us. Okay, so in, in the video game Suikoden, you play as uh, Tim McDull. <laughs> I can't believe he's called McDull. Uh, Tim McDull, uh, son of General T.O. McDull, uh, who is one of the five great gem- generals of the Empire. And... Uh, 
you discover that uh how, I'm, i remember the plot but i'm like how does it actually begin right you go you have like you know you have you're on an internship as, as you're like you know working in the in the past you know he's bringing you up he's gonna be your, you're gonna be his heir one day you know doing some work uh and then you realize when you are he's like oh nice rune you got there ted right <laughs> you realize that the uh the uh court musician uh who is like oh the the emperor's weirdly uh infatuated with her these days she seems to resemble his old wife what's going on with that she's very interested in in the rune on ted's hand who is your childhood friend uh you go on a mission you find uh this uh like what's her name so because there's 108 fucking party members in this game i don't know anyone's name what's the name of the um uh the like seer you see immediately oh absolutely like, no idea okay well you find a seer she's got a prophecy for you she's like she literally is in one. the first hour and then the last 20 minutes of the game <laughs> so yeah yeah you find her she says you're the chosen one and you've you've got to like do something and when you when the time comes to do something don't falter and you're like great that doesn't tell me anything does it yeah it's a useless prophecy uh but you go back <laughs> ted reveals he is 300 years old because he has the cursed um, soul eater uh, rune, which keeps you alive forever and is like a dark power you must never use. And then um, the em- the empire the empire come to hit come for him. Uh, Windy's like, I need that rune, uh, and y- he sacrificed himself, gives you the rune, uh, and sacrifices himself so you can run away, and you ca- uh, you know proceed to use this rune that you're never meant to use because it's really sick and useful in battle and has no downsides. <laughs> the, then the main plot begins. You meet up with, like, as you become fugitives, meet up with the Liberation Army, uh, which is a small ragtag re- rebellion. Uh, and throughout the course of the game, you build this rebellion. Uh, like, you know, their leader, Odessa, dies and you take over. You recruit Odessa's brother to be the, the actual leader. <laughs> Um, as Matthew's like, I don't do war or battle, but I will tell you literally everything to do. <laughs> uh, and uh, slowly, one by one, beat like all of the generals. There are like small stories, you know. You find out fantasy racism exists and go, that's weird. Uh, usually, every single one of these stories is you go to a place, you try to fight the guy, you can't fight the guy, you need to go find a secret weapon to actually fight the guy. You get the weapon, you fight the guy, you win. Uh, the, the army builds itself up, you become uh, 108 warriors strong if you followed a guide, or like 102 and you're really annoyed if you didn't. Um, and <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you get everyone, uh, one of your party members, Gremio, who's the, your most boring party member, the single most boring party member in the whole game, comes back to life uh, as you assault Gregminster uh, for the final battle uh, eventually Gregminster is a, is a city not a person I want to I want to very emphasize this fact <laughs> yes Gregminster is the imperial capital of Gregminster it's called Gregminster uh, you assault the, the castle uh, you uh, fight the emperor who turns into a massive hydra uh, but it, he's a, it's a really easy final boss and um, and then he says, "Ah, oh, my only crime, Wendy, was loving you." <laughs> and then he's like, "Come with me now. Jump off the edge of this building." And they do, and they die. <laughs> uh, That's the she end. does not agree to jump off this building with him. He makes that choice for her. <laughs> he makes that choice for her. She is not really ready to, you know, have her redemptive sacrifice. He 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 can decide that for her. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then that's it. Uh, credits roll. Animal House music plays. You became a republic. All of the republican like leaders are you and your mates, and the other ones who aren't all founded like uh, contractors. <laughs> the, the republic contract seems like a real healthy governmental system. And everyone becomes venture about. capitalists. It's fine. It's fine. Don't ask questions. That's the that's the whole game. It's kind of an awkward. You can't summary, you can't give it, all 107 people jobs in your cabinet. Some of them have to go get different jobs. Some of them have to go like invent uh, like mercenary forces for you to hire. Yeah. Who are they fighting? Don't ask. I mean, there's other continents. You you never really get off the main continent. They're fighting that one city state <laughs> they, that he suddenly brings up out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, the uh, elves are like, can we get a new tree, please? And they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but we got Avatar. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, the main, the main like bulk of the game is these like small episodic plots, right? As you go around, uh, you know, each of the each of the areas is like there's five generals. You have to kill all five. One of them's your dad. That's a bit sad. Um, and he <laughs> and. Uh, all of these small plots, like, you know, the one where you go to the elves and then the humans hate the elves, but then the the dwarves also hate the humans and the elves, and it's like three-way fantasy racism and everyone says, we don't even know why we're racist to each other, and there is no reason for it. Like, the culture's fake, apparently. And everyone um, joins you, except the elves who were everyone... burned. <laughs> A couple yeah. elves do join you, that's fair. A couple of elves join you. Um, but it's mostly humans. Like <laughs> that one section where you seal the fancy like creatures who are living oh, all off you, to the right get, side where of you the get map. Two kobolds and two elves, and that's it. <laughs> Door slams. Right, but, like, it, but but as you go to that side of the way, you go through the forest, right? Yeah. And you're in like an entire different world of creatures, and they're all like humans. Don't have the power and the ability to do things that we can. And I'm like, what? you're in like a tiny space of this massive world that's been completely colonized. What are you talking about? Yeah, well, they, they learn the error of their ways, unfortunately, because <laughs> the bad guys ruin their entire lives. Yep. Uh, I'm on the Wikipedia page just looking at the plot here. Uh, and I have to mention the uh, development uh, section here, which in its entirety reads... Swigadon took roughly two years to develop. <laughs> mm -hmm. Thanks. Thanks, Wikipedia. Yeah. Uh, Swigadon's weird, because, like, I ex one, I expected a game that was more, like... Because I, I know it's based on water margin, so I was expecting a game that was more, like, Asian-influenced in, like, design, and it's not. <laughs> no, not even slightly. It's like, it's, like, it's, like, specifically, like, European fantasy stuff, but with, like, a music and aesthetic motif that's, like, vaguely, like middle eastern-y like it kind of, like all the sound effects have kind of, until i turned them into clown sound effects uh because that's what i did two-thirds of the way into this game is i turned on the clown noises <laughs> um oh yeah i um we're all like kind of like you know like arabian nights kind of inspired stuff it sounded like to me i don't know that's that's kind of the vibe i got off of it um i was also expecting it to be more explicitly like a water margin yeah. so themed i was i was um i was reading up on the development of this and so when um it took two years no 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 no. when when Muriyama <laughs> went to like the konami guy to get approval for to, like green light the game he was like i really want to make a game that's like like i wanted to he the two things he wanted to make were a game that an rpg that was inspired by captain tsubasa and fist of the north star <laughs> And when he when he went when he went to his boss, he's like, I can't pitch him that. What if he doesn't like manga? And instead, he pitched Water Margin. 
<laughs> and the boss heard the pitch and was like, oh, 108 guys. Great. That's the thing you need to run with. And threw away, the, made him throw away the rest of it. When what he meant was he wanted to make a game based on like Chinese legend. Uh, and no. <laughs> No, the hundred. I mean, if you're if you're a boss, right? Like you're you are the CEO of Konami or whatever, or VP of Konami development. I don't know yeah. what's going on there. Uh, you hear 108 guys. You're like, I can put that on the back of a box. People will be like, 108 guys. That's so many guys. So many guys. It might be too many guys. It's definitely too many guys. Uh, so we joke around here that we're not tactics people it's it's a running bit um you know we try to be normal about it but among our friend group we have tactics friends and we poke fun at them um because uh it, it's just a weird it's just a different world when you don't grow up with it you're like i don't really understand the appeal of these games they're they're hard and uh the stories are always goofy but going into sweet and thinking like oh this is the one all the people who like really like final Fantasy tactics which is like a talky game that like i've, I've played some of that it's got stuff going on um, and this game is the most, everyone has two lines and there's like three personalities between 50 of the characters that you get. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's, it's such a thin game. It's very strange because like, I don't play tactics games because I don't like moving guys on grids. Yes. Right? Like usually is, is the long and short of it. So, um, I'm not against the idea of like political military stories in a fantasy setting my um, my thing is that every time i encounter one of those what it means is that instead of like six characters that all are driven emotionally it's 20 characters who are all driven by their like faction and are like arguing in a room <laughs> and not in so like yes, a fun way <laughs> but but the thing is like the potential i i like that as an idea right like i'm not against that as a form the problem is i feel like i've only played really bad ones i just but don't they're know they're not seen because when i when I think of that, when I think of, oh, everyone has like a point of view and they're in the room arguing as like a, as specifically in like Japanese fiction, I think of the end of Zeta Gundam. Video games can't be the end of Zeta Gundam. <laughs> right. But like Final Fantasy Twelve is another one of these, right? Yes. Like it is uh, a tactic, not a tactic, it is a sequel, is like in the Evilist universe, it is framed as one of these, like there's a whole subgenre of JRPGs, like, you know, the serious war ones that are about politics and not about this gay bullshit that's whatever's going on in Ten Two. This was the like the discourse of the era. It was the discourse of the um, era. I was there for it. It was dumb at the time. And it's not <laughs> Final Fantasy XII is not like a deep uh, study of politics and imperialism though it faints at this at the start it is ultimately the same generic story of Chosen One does thing but isn't war bad sometimes like it just you know something yes, makes you think face but instead of, instead of an evil wizard who like killed your village it's a it's a doctor who works for an empire going manufactured nethocytes <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just like an aesthetic layer yes. over the same so like i have i i i feel like it would be rude to like write all that off right as an entire genre because there has to be it's not hard to tell a story about yeah. war and, and and factions that mean things you just have to invest in them the other thing and the other thing about 12 that's specific yeah. is like 12 is a game with six party members they all get time <laughs> even then yes. like what's Pinello's motivation <laughs> <Can anyone please tell? laughs> That isn't but just. It isn't just like lightly momming Vaughn. I mean, this is the way it flips, right? Is that uh, I think of the story of this game in about the similar terms as I do Twelve. Yeah. Twelve is a game with far more words. Like people will debate things for like 
15 minutes in 12 yeah. with no, there's no there's no substance in Sweden it's three lines and then like <laughs> Matthew comes in and goes I planned all this yeah. uh-huh. the, the, the thing, the like thing that really struck me in this is like early on you get your castle when that happens the game really changes from a normal JRPG where you're like the structure of a dragon quest right which is like the fundamentals of JRPGs is you start the game you, you get your gear you go to the dungeon you get strong enough to go to the next town and survive the world map there and buy new gear and do it all over again there's a story that happens every time you go to a new town they got a problem that problem can only be solved by going to the nearby dungeon defeating the boss you do that you move on to the next town at some point this game like uh, like a third of the way in stops being that and you get your castle and at that point uh, instead of that, every time you beat a boss, you go back to your castle, you wake up, you go into the situation room. Matthew's like, I've assembled these six guys of a problem, sir. Please, uh, please look, listen to their problem. And you're like, okay. And then uh, Matthew's like, to solve this problem, you'll need to go to the next town. It's to the east. Uh, and you're like, get a qu- do you get, you get asked whether you want to do this or not. It doesn't matter. You have to go do this. <laughs> The game is really, really focused on asking you if you want to do anything at any given time and none of it mattering ever. Um, But it's just an obfuscation layer over this stuff. And there isn't like actual debate or decisions being made. It's not like it's not even like a like a Mass Effect style thing where you're like, you know, there's a war on. We can only do one of the three things that need to be pressingly done at this moment. You have to choose. No, you just you just play the video game. It's just a story. But they just have turned traveling into a situation room and thus like given it the sheen of like like self-seriousness um that is underlied by the fact that there's no writing <laughs> so why okay right riddle me this you we've played this entire game and there are a lot like we say it's thin but there's more dialogue in this game than there is like final fantasy 7 uh on a minute to minute basis um yeah but th- it's, it's not spread over so many characters right right but I mean, my point is it's not like there's less words, right? It's not like there's less here, but it's just allocated in such a strange way. Why is the Empire bad, and what are the Liberation Army fighting? I mean, for? the Empire until- wasn't the Empire wasn't bad until Windy took it over, but there was already a Liberation Army that I assume the I the only. <laughs> the only gesture of an implication is that they just didn't like there being an empire that seemingly rules over all of, like, humans on the continent, right? So here's the thing. One of the, one of the most interesting things in the game is you go to uh, Milich's territory and he's renamed all of the towns. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> Milich, like Milich really by the way, is a, is a ridiculous he's like lord farquad but tall basically and he's got a big hat and a giant cape and he's always carrying a rose and yes he's fake french named everything (laughs) i'm I'm just trying to think of just how crushingly cruel a thing to say to someone lord farquad but tall is considering his entire character is that he's small (laughs) (laughs) But that, that's like the vibe he gives off, right? Like he's just, no, he's no, just not a wrong, pompous but it's just ass. like an execution. I want to point yeah. out that Milich is my favorite character in this game because yeah. he's an enormous pompous ass who uh, fences and has a rose and is like, he's one of those like, ah, oh, I'm doing war crimes, but glamorously kind of dudes. And I always love those guys. <laughs> it's for the beauty of it. The yes. beauty of death. Bring me my rose. <laughs> he covers an entire castle in giant r- r- roses that shoot poison. You have to go defeat. <laughs> <laughs> yep, but he's renamed these towns to stupid names. Yes. But it's never framed as like okay. The empire hasn't renamed towns anywhere else. Uh, 
this is framed as like a quirk of Milich's specific like you know rule over this land and not a representation of the inherent evils of empire because the game's not about that the game's about the like personal failings of one emperor and the evil wizard going ooh <laughs> Uh, no. In fact, the game is very clear to give most of these characters outs because all of the four, all of the four generals, seemingly not your dad, we don't, it never comes up with your dad, but the four generals are all controlled by evil, uh, seals that have been placed on them that, like, make them evil and brainwashed. <laughs> yes, they, they, they're, uh, uh, their runes, like, fade away. <laughs> yeah. So, so the implication is that there, there was an empire that was good supposedly or at least neutral in the world of this universe um and then windy came in and slowly corrupted it from the inside turned it evil which like grim worm tongue like this exists in fiction whatever um but in doing so ev- she brainwashed everyone but the emperor and the leader of the army both those guys just signed on to this <laughs> <laughs> apparently so um, and I get that the well, emperor's like, oh, I really like have the hots for Wendy because she looks like my dead wife. But why did why did uh, Tio sign on to this other than he's like an idiot who believes in doing the right thing? That, and by that, he means what his king says. <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing is this game has like a huge boner for that kind of loyalty. Yeah. And not in a way that's interesting. We literally fucking read Three Kingdoms. We we know a story that's about this, right? <laughs> like, well, the thing, the uh, thing about this is. The story has like a real is like really invested in that, but also in the story, you definitely recruit all four of the generals. And when it's revealed they're brainwashed, they're like, "Oh, for the good of the king, we have to join the Liberation Army and and destroy the king," which is not what those characters would do if they were if they were no. these characters, right? Like, because that you know you got to make a meter go up, right? Like, they're yeah. 108 guys, yeah. But the part where uh. like. In Three Kingdoms, if Millich defected and tried to join the Liberation Army, the Liberation Army would kill him. For being a coward yes. and a turncoat, <laughs> unless he brought like something with him, right? Like the 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 the, the specific. Well, um, well, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, but I mean, like the the, the entire book Sh- turns Shuhan, on like should Shuhan we or should recruit we? him? The Southlands would kill him. Absolutely, you fucking kidding? kill him instantly. But like the entire book, like turns on like what do we do with guys that come in like that? That's yeah. like ha- happens every yes, four yes, chapters for sure. <laughs> Yeah, either either it's a trap. No one trap. Like there's a spy, but the spy is just like, ah, oh, I was just too loyal. And everyone's like, <laughs> the part where they close, like, oh, there's a spy, and it turns out it's the shady butler that you've been like, why is this shady butler here this entire time? <laughs> because it's so Tier, your main character. You get to name him, but we both defaulted to the the, the official name Tier because that's who we are. Um, uh. It has like it starts off and it's him and his friend Ted, who's his childhood friend, but also Ted's hundred years old. So don't ask questions. I don't know how I became friends with Ted, and nobody noticed Ted didn't grow up. Well, I mean, I assume Ted found him because of the time shit. Yeah, but that means that like if if Tyr knew Ted when Tyr was like a kid, Ted didn't grow up in that time. No one's like, ah, oh, Ted's really well put together. Like, one, why is this, like, 18-year-old making friends with this six-year-old? Also, why is he 18 his entire life? <laughs> I guess I guess at the start, it definitely plays as, like, they've grown up together. Yeah. But then you meet you can't have years a ago Ted, and he's, like, already, like, a, like a young teen, right? Like, <laughs> These are the questions that need to be answered. <laughs> Anyway, none of that's relevant. Uh, so Tyr starts, and Tyr's got like a bunch of servants around, and they become like you know, it's like Pawn and Gremio and um, uh, 
Cleo, Cleo. And they're all like, they're all like people your dad assigned to watch after you, right? Like, you know, they like you. They're like, some of them are more friendly than others. And, but they're all like people who work for you. Um, but then immediately they become characters with like motivations and they're stand-up guys. And, you know, they, they work on like Pawn's the one guy who actually is like, actually, no, I, I'm loyal to the kingdom. I'm going to go be loyal to the kingdom. And then realize that's about it. Dan's like, uh, I'm sorry, please forgive me. And is mopey about it the rest of the entire fucking game. <laughs> <laughs> never stops mapping about um, it. But, um, Flick, Flick's guy, I don't remember his butler's name. It's just a character who exists to be a servant, which is not what this game doesn't have any other characters like that. And so, of course, yeah. that's the guy who's the betrayer. It, it's really strange, all that stuff, because, like, the way the stuff with your, like, guys goes, you know, they're all calling you young master and they're, like, very loyal to you, um, is, like, their, their conflict, right, is, like, what is my loyalty? Is it a loyalty? Am I being loyal if when my master says to betray someone else that uh, I immediately betray them? Or should does that other loyalty supersede that? It is, like, nominally the question at play there in the pawn stuff. Yeah. Um, and... Like we say that like the, the the generals can all be recruited, but the game respects the two guys you kill way more. Yes. Because they didn't turn. And it's weird that like the game is entirely about recruiting people and changing sides when the game clearly thinks there's something so so noble about you know, dying for a pointless cause. Yeah, it's just strange. I don't know. Um and it's like that that tonal inconsistency is all over the game because like there's also a game about like Tyr's supposed to grow up to be the leader. He has to fill his father's shoes and be better than him and be a vision of a new ruling class, I guess, right? Like, because at the end of the day, he ends up like being in charge of stuff at the end, right? Yeah, he's the president. Yeah, he's the president. The president. Also, we went from an <laughs> we went we're in the medieval times and we went from an emperor to a president. But, that's the thing you can do. But that's but also works. the actual mechanics of the game are that Matthew is a guy with like infinite war plans that doesn't want to fight a war, but will happily read off his list to you of what you should be doing, and then you just do that. Um, and it like it's not the game, but the game's not about the soft power behind the throne. Even though the villain is soft power behind the throne, you have to go go overthrow and defeat. <laughs> The game never so- the ne- game never ties Windy and Matthew together as like thematic mirrors of each other, even though that's literally what the game's about. It's very strange because like I don't think it would be better, right, if it did it now. Uh because then it would be like a weird meta thing yeah, of like now, now it, you're now the it'd player, be a game about but how actually- like the player always is just someone who listens to orders and does what it's what he's told and isn't that actually an evil thing? Yeah, right. Um, which I'm glad it's not that. But I, the the game doesn't interrogate Matthew at all. He's just like the guy that gives you the orders. Yes. Um, which is weird because yeah, he is absolutely the windy for you. Yeah. And you recruit him to be that. Like it, it is important that he's there. Without him, you would lose. And that's also like you know, just an important character in a lot of fiction, right? Like you, if you're the leader, you need to seek out the guy to tell you what to do because being a leader doesn't mean knowing what to do. That those those are very different things. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so, see, the see. underwritten stuff just ends up making it feel really slight, but in like a way that like sometimes things can be underwritten, and you're like, man, they didn't really put any of this together, and it just kind of leaves it empty. But the thing that Suikoden kind of suggests to me, and it's weird because people don't talk about these games together, is the way in which like Final Fantasy IV is underwritten. Um, yes. And Final Fantasy IV has far less characters, so it's more invested in them. So there's like more, like I know more about Cecil's deal and his relationship with power and being a ruler than any of the characters in Suikoden. Um, but that's because he's one of like eight characters in that game. Um, but 
that game is also one that like suggests elements of characters based on the plot and then doesn't spend a lot of time talking about it because it's an RPG. Go to the next town, you fight the next boss. Um, so I guess that was my primary question coming into this episode is that I thought this game was really underwritten and the characters were really bare, but on the whole, it's not like there's like, you know, less dialogue per character. You know, there's some people that are throwaway and just like there to pat out your there's army. There's a lot of characters that are throwaway and just there to pat out your army. Can you tell me like, any functional difference between the three ninjas that you get in your party at the end of the game, by the end of the game? No, absolutely not. Not even slightly. But like, <laughs> compare it to, to a game like Final Fantasy IV or like Earthbound, right? Earthbound doesn't have... D- it doesn't develop its characters. No. It's but, also, like, completely evocative. It, those are games that are specifically spend the time that this game spends talking about, like, building an army or, like, battlefronts. Uh, yes. Talking about, like, the the emotional content of the situations you're in. Right. And that's, so, not, like, that's I, not character building. Like, it's not character building that you go to, like, uh, like Moonside. It's a weird, strange, like, adult world that's scary. But it does give the game like intense emotional flavor that Suikoden just doesn't have because it's busy giving plot to you, right? Like, and by that I mean specifically so mechanical plot. things to go do at any given moment. That was the thing that really surprised me about it is that like there's a lot of stuff that happens, and there's a lot of emotional moments, and I didn't react to almost any of them, um, <laughs> unless I was like, "Man, that's." stupid when it like went for the real like uh swings and the, the bit you know. the the one that just knocked me on my ass uh is <laughs> two-thirds of the game you're introduced to victor who's been hanging out with you this whole time suddenly has a secret backstory where he really wants to defeat this guy named necklord he's never mentioned it before and then necklord shows up and necklord is literally a dracula he and he walks in middle of the day with his army and is like hi guys i'm necklord <laughs> <laughs> i guess the sunlight is making me a little sleepy <laughs> um and it's it's underwritten to the point it becomes comedy but i i'm almost certain it's not intentional but also it's weird because like this isn't this game is the same year that chrono Trigger comes out and chrono Trigger is full of the stuff but it's meant to be goofy and like kind of like raucous as like an adventure farce not not even like a farce but like just like a we like adventure stories we're going to do one of these and it's going to be fun and really anime influenced and that's going to be it there's no sense of the same awareness in suikoden but it, it still right. reads goofy in the same way to me <laughs> Or, or there's the ones where it like goes for tragedy, and I, those are its worst moments. I think um, the bit where the elves' tree burns down, literally, like the scene in Avatar, yeah, uh, is like one of the funniest moments in the game. It's ludicrous because the the build up to it is is like you you meet like one elf, and she's like, ah. Oh, look at my idyllic home. Let's go away now and go on a mission. And then the only well bidding you get is like. Oh, we have so much racism, but we will help you if you do this test for us because we've built a dungeon and then you do the test and like, oh, well, I guess you've beat our racism. Why are we racist again? We don't know. We truly, the, the reasons have been forgotten through time. Anyway, let's go back and do this. And then you go back and it's on fire and everyone's dead. And then like the, but then the named characters come back to screens later because 
what they're gonna do make more named characters that you can't put in your army <laughs> the thing uh, i like about this is this is literally the stuff in like in freya's backstory in final fantasy 9 that i was like man i wish they'd ever fleshed that out so seeing it just co- like the exact same amount of time in suikoden is very funny because it's like in a major event in suikoden it's like one town you visit in nine <laughs> Uh, the the other one is um <laughs> this is actually i think maybe the, <laughs> the most hilarious moment in the game is so uh one of the better scenes i think is right before the boat battle um he, he uh, matthew's got to build 500 boats to do the super storm it's the second to last battle uh but it's treated as almost the last battle right like everyone's years there's a nice little montage of all your guys and they're all having like the night before talks and it's just a couple lines and i think that stuff does get close to being like small but like evocative as it is briefly about like the emotional relationships between them it's usually a character and another character who they relate to and they're having a moment um and i think that works well and it but it climaxes with a victor coming into your room and handing you uh gremio's like uh, axe it is because gremio sacrificed himself earlier in the game and it was uh, boring because he's a boring character but whatever uh not, in, not really important there it's, it's an emotional thing to your character but you're a silent protagonist so he hands you the axe and you say like thank you and then gremio says like um well uh we need you tomorrow for the battle so many people are going to die but uh we you know we we can't falter from our cause now forever for, like, we must do this for those that have fallen and then he walks out the room and then your character silently walks directly back to bed <laughs> and then it like fades out sad music over no emotional uh like you know um pr- processing at all uh it was ludicrous Yeah, it's very goofy. Uh, that's just, the thing is, as much as I like, when I think about this game, I'm like, man, this game's like a mess. It's underwritten. I, I don't think the story it's telling is very good. I had a really good time with most of it. <laughs> yes. And then there's the other half of that. I also think that like combat is bad, but I also enjoyed it. So it's like, what did I enjoy if I thought the story was bad and the part where it's an RPG is kind of bad? I just enjoyed the motions of it. Yeah. I mean, fundamentally, I... I you know we've covered a lot of jrpgs here and like i've gone through phases where i don't really like playing video games and get really frustrated and like reflective about that but ultimately like i i got all 108 characters and it took me about 17 and a half hours or so and i had a great time because this is not a 50 hour game with a bunch of voice acting and cutscenes, right like i don't care if the game's underwritten if every like story scene is like three minutes and 10 lines of dialogue <laughs> right uh, please, more games just be brief. <laughs> even if they're, even if the stories they're telling are worse, I'm going to have a better time just because it's brief. Um, yeah, like the the basic um, pleasure of like recruiting people and just progressing. Yeah, because like that's what like jrpgs are right they are usually about the sense of world progression usually that is through the dragon quest way of you go to a place you know you you get stronger you get better weapons you get stronger but then you like just make it to the next place and then you get more but you know just the very basic uh stuff and this reconfigures this to be about like going to the teleporting to the next place it's also uh, it's still- like specifically about like watching your castle get bigger and more people fill it up and like what new feature is this person going to unlock for your castle and most of them don't do anything but some of them do a lot <laughs> There was w- I missed one guy. There was one guy I missed and had to go back and get right at the end. It was maybe the most annoying guy to miss. Guess who I missed? Did you miss uh, the gambling guy? 
No, 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 no. Did you miss the elevator guy? Okay, he would have been more annoying. <laughs> that wasn't the elevator guy. I'll give you one more guess. Um, who would be the most annoying guy? I, I don't actually know. Those are the two guys I'm like, man, if I lost either of those, I'd be really mad. It's the guy that gives you the map on the overworld. Oh, shit. I didn't have a map the entire game. I They say, go west. They go west. I'm like, there's nothing fucking there. What are you talking about? I, and at the end, I'm like, well, I'm missing one guy on my list. So what do I go? Oh, he's in the burnt elf. I didn't go back in the burnt elf village. Why? I had no reason to. Uh, and he gives me a map. And I'm like, are you kidding me? All I have to do is go to Gregminster now. Yeah. Ludicrous. That's uh, uh, that's very funny. The- I, didn't, I didn't even... I didn't... Because... So... I guess we'll talk about it briefly, but so I used a guide for this game, so the idea that you could miss that guy would not have even occurred to me, because it's so, I got him when, first time you can get him, and also it was so vital to, like, my understanding of the space, because before you get that guy, the game is, like, kind of hard to navigate. It's like, how I go, like, I'm going, like, the game's told me to go east, but, like, we're east. There's a lot of east here. I was, like, navigating the world map, and was like, is it trying to intentionally do something with this world map in that, like, most games will design a world map where you can see things from the place that you are, whereas that is never true in Suikoden. You have to, like, go to a neutral ground where it's just, like, you know, you're so small and the world's so big that between everything is multiple screens of nothing, so there's no, there's you know, it's not like there's always, like, a thing that you can orient yourself around as you traverse the world map, yeah. uh, which is true in like dragon quest one right that is how jrpg world design has always worked uh and it's not here and i was like is they doing something with that and i know you're meant to have a map <laughs> yeah that's uh that's a that's a shame that's a bad guy to miss i made made him all i made it all the way to the end so i, I did it but uh, once you can teleport it's not as bad but yeah. yeah god the thing that's really surprising to me going back to this game is how like the base that you built, like your castle or whatever, what did you name your castle? Torin. Why Torin? It's the name of the castle. Oh, is it really? I didn't look up the... the I, I didn't know there was a canon name of the castle. Well, no, they, they, they do. They say, they say go to Torin Castle, ah. uh, and it's all filled with monsters. And then I was like, okay, and this is name the castle, and I'm like, well, does it have a name going forward? And they just, yes, it is, after this game, continue to be called Torin Castle. Okay. Yeah, I named mine uh, Abmap Castle. <laughs> yeah, so they they founded the Republic of Abmap. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> the part where I'm like, okay, Torin Castle is what it's called going forward. I didn't know that at the end of the game they would then like name this new state <laughs> Torin. Just the, the the name of the like lake you were like you found it in, guys. <laughs> yep. Uh, anyway, uh, so but the, um. What was it? I was go oh base building. So it's interesting because like I don't think the castle is like particularly like well realized. Uh, I think it's like laborious to go through, and like the guys who end up on the wings are like, I never want to go visit that guy. I want to turn on the clown sounds, but I have to go all the way over to this wing in the west to go do that. Um, and that stuff sucks. But in '95, the base is like amazing how much stuff you can yes. do there's like an onsen that you can decorate with stuff you the enemies drop there's uh you can you know go mess with guys to change your music there's like an inn um it's weird i like 
I almost I I'm surprised there isn't more stuff, but this is like modern brain talking, right? Like I just played Hades, which is eventually unlock a guy in that game where you can like redecorate the entire halls with like new wall fixtures and carpets and lighting, and it's like that's the stuff I want in this game. I I think about what I want in speaking and going forward. I want a much better, more robust castle building game. <laughs> I mean, I assume they will give you that because that is the thing, right? And yeah. not only is it the thing, it's also so obviously looking back at it like 25 years later, uh, the like most forward thinking thing yeah. in the game. And I don't even mean that as a qualitative standpoint because like, you know, eventually this leads to collecting all the feathers for Ezio's mom. It is the second most uh, uh, forward thinking thing in the game, actually, behind the way experience Behind works. the XP's. <laughs> yes. Um. There's a double XP orb in this. I don't know why you'd ever use it because the scaling's so intense. I guess if you're one of those people, I used to be one of these people. I'm not deriding these people. I was in the 90s and I had a lot of free time on my hands where you're like, I don't, the RPG's not finished till everyone's level 99. I don't know how you do yeah. that in this game. I feel like that would be a nightmare. Is there a secret dungeon somewhere? I have no idea. My guy didn't have any. Okay, because I'm like, I got to the end of the game and I beat him pretty easily at like level 56. And it was not a hard fight. Um... I was a little, I maybe a little stronger than, you know, I, I had a lot of money. So yeah. my guys had good weapons. Yeah. Um, uh. the, the game, the game acknowledging, it's weird because like gear is weird in this game specifically because there isn't like a ton of armor gear. There's like a, a decent amount, but it's not like a ton, ton. And weapons are not items you find there. You just upgrade the weapon every character comes with. Uh, but that get, that is limited by price, which gets really expensive if you really want to upgrade someone. So they just give you a guy you can easily get money off of that just lives in your castle at all times. Yeah. And so, like, the, the structure of the castle is the thing I found most interesting about this game because it is simultaneously the thing that is, like, the reason it works. I think the story's kind of weak. I think the part where you traverse dungeons and do RPG combat is not like amazing. It's I think it's I think it's totally fine. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Dungeons are all very short. And the dungeons are short, I think the like mob combat is fine. I think that it needs actual bosses that are good. Yeah, the, the part where this uh, game literally has I didn't have I think there was one boss I had any trouble with in the entire game. Um and if you just keep up healing, all the bosses are trivial. They're just they're just mobs, but there's only one, and they have way more hit points. It it's yeah, like the the game because of because it has to be designed for basically any party configuration. Because otherwise, why would you have 108 guys? They can't. It, they're not doing like about elemental damage and puzzles, like puzzle bosses. Yeah. So the only thing they have is this guy's got a lot of hit points. Yeah. Sometimes they'll do a single attack. Sometimes they'll do a like a aoe attack and I, th I think without the like really interesting tests that a boss provide for like okay demonstrate your expression and your understanding of the combat system this is like the purpose of a boss yeah. in these kind of jrpgs it renders i don't i never felt the urge to like really break the game even though you you clearly can yeah with uh there's the, the, so many guys the, the only thing is there's like 70 characters but only tier has like unique abilities i guess people have like their union abilities but like i never put enough guys in there to really explore that feature and it didn't seem that useful like I'm going to put Tyr in, but his his abilities are just like erase dudes or do damage. It's not like it's not interesting. It's not it's not like in 4 or 6 where you have characters with like Final Fantasy specifically we're talking about here. Where characters have specific like this person jumps, this person throws, this person has white magic. No one else has white magic, but this person does. Uh there's nothing like that. You just need a healing guy and guys who can do damage. <laughs> yeah, the, the and so it's really really simple and then the the like the game <laughs> 
I, I don't mean this in like a mean way, right? Like, but the game feels like less of a JRPG than more of like an abstraction of one, which I don't think I, I don't I'm trying to think of how I mean that, right? Because like there are parts of the game that literally are that, the, the, which are the the duels and the um the castle battles. Yeah, we'll talk about those briefly soon. So. Uh, but even in the main game, it's like simplified to a point where like the meat isn't there but it's not about that it's all about the moving forward and building up your castle it's almost it's almost like a clicker the thing the thing that's interesting is that like in the world that Suikoden comes out in that's what an rpg is right like yeah. the things that the things that Suikoden that makes Suikoden a jrpg are things that have filtered into literally every game and every app and every program and every like work yes. thing that we sign up for in our entire lives. <laughs> so they don't feel unique or distinct to the genre anymore. Like JRPGs in the modern era are defined by having Baroque, extremely elaborate systems, right? Because that's what they had to do when everyone stole experience points. <laughs> right. No, because like here, the, thi- the, 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 the like, it's 1995. What a JRPG is. Because I've, you know, my most of my experience is Final Fantasy at this point. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason we're doing more JRPGs to broaden uh, understanding there. Uh, but at this point in 1995, if you are getting into random battles and, uh, you know, and it's turn based and you're going through dungeons, it's a JRPG. Yeah. You don't need anything else. Yeah. Uh, and now not even the JRPGs have all the random battles, but everything has experience points. Yep. Um,. But then uh, duels and castle stuff. So every once in a while you get into these like, these would just be like big cinema set pieces in a modern game, but they, they read that way here. They're, there's like castle army duels where you take your entire army and you go up against an enemy that has an army. And then there's one-on-one duels, which is like three of them in the game where a character and another character, one of your characters and one of the bad guys fight hand to hand. And you select your tasks based on like dialogue, like it's uh, monkey Island or something, <laughs> but it's deathly serious. Uh, and both of them are glorified uh, rock, paper, scissors. Uh, it's weird in the ways in which they're similar because I bet that they were designed to like feel as different as possible but end up being the same thing fundamentally. Yes. I mean, there's not much you can do to like disguise the like simple rock, paper, scissors in this yes. event. Uh, the system is the system um, as you're selecting things from menus, which led to a situation where like uh, in the duel with Tio, I just I literally couldn't beat him. Oh, the one with Pond versus Tio? With pun and like the only solution is to like go back and grind up pun. yeah that's what i had to do because i um my the guy that i was looking at was like make sure that pawn's like at a reasonable level but i hadn't i hadn't i hadn't figured out how level or weapon upgrading worked yet so his weapon wasn't like all the way sharp and i literally just couldn't do enough damage against to to win it didn't matter that i was picking everything perfectly just couldn't beat him yep because he, he picked the same thing every time for me mm. uh he that was uh, not true with me but uh that's interesting okay. And this is across like multiple. Yeah, modes. I wonder if like, that's a. I wonder if that's a function. I played this on a Vita, and you played this on a emulator. I wonder if that's a function of like RNG with that. Yeah, my emulator was a bit weird. Like I had to press the R three button to start, even though it's a, you know, PS one game from ninety five. There was no R three button. No button. Why did the start button yeah. not work? What's going on here with this uh, ISO? Yeah. Uh, unclear, but um, yeah. Um. But uh, that's like the the duels end up being like feeling very perfunctory, and then the the castle battles end up feeling like a f- system that really needs fleshing out. I'm curious if those end up going forward and being like more elaborate things because there's a lot of like stuff there, like where different groups that you've assembled can do different things. But like because it's just rock paper scissors, most of it doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter that you can send your, like, merchants over to bribe the enemy to join your party or whatever. Like, well, I never did that. <laughs> it's it's a weird system, and it's also, like, because of the abstraction of these, and because this is where the, like, narrative clashes happen, and the way that, like, the bosses in the game are bad, there is no synergy between, like, narrative climax and, like, what the game is. Yeah. Um, like... And the way that you will initiate these battles was just like you go to your uh, command room and then you press a button and then it brings up a screen saying battle and it tells you the location and you're just there. Uh, it is weird how not narrativized these battles are when they are ostensibly the fulcrum on which the entire story turns. Yeah. Um, because in the logic of the game, right, and I understand this as like the way, you know, uh, storytelling in video games works when you sell RPGs to people, I'm not this person, but, you know, this is how it is. The The story is what you do, right? The, the characters that are the ones you care about are not the ones, are not, like, you know, super important because they have a lot of dialogue lines. They're there because they're in your party. You make the choice. It's all, like, player empowerment, but that means that there's not, there's less writing. <laughs> it means that, like, where there should be lots of writing, there's none, and where there shouldn't be, there's loads. Um, because the empty space is there for you to fill. Yeah. And I just think that's just like a philosophical difference in like, it's, I've always been a Final Fantasy person. Final Fantasy has very defined leading characters. And this is all, 100% of the time when I come to an RPG where the main guy is silent and all these like things are like, and then you decide, you know, how this goes down. I'm like, I, I would like some writing, please. It's weird because like, I like Dragon Quest, which is even more, main characters are even more ciphers than in this game. This game ends mm-hmm. up feeling like it gestures towards almost like, um, like Breath of the Wild style, where like because you're so often handed uh, like yes no answer, but they don't matter. The way in which they're written feels like they suggest a character almost. Yes, <laughs> we're like we're like Tyr is not a not a not a person. He's basically not a person, but his answers are often uh like wit like all the no answers. The ones that you never pick are like like weirdly waffling or fearful in a way that like suggests that he's a, like a very reluctant leader in a way that like nothing else in the game does, but it's there because the dialogue choices are there. There's, there's exactly two kinds of like no answers that Tia gives, right? Like it's either just very flatly doing the thing the last person said, or it's, I don't know, like don't kill, don't sacrifice yourself. We can't go to battle. We, we're not ready, you know, or it's, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> being a sarcastic jerk occasionally like sometimes they give you the like western rpg dialogue option choice yes not very often but occasionally they do that like there's a point where you choose fake names and uh someone calls himself i don't remember something reichenbach the third uh and you can choose the fourth for your own name yes which of course i did yeah um, and it's, it's a very it's a very small part of the game but it, it definitely like gestures towards like what if Dialogue choices in JRPGs worked more like in Western RPGs, uh-huh. um, which I, you know, I would love someone to try to make that game. I think it's the, impossible to make because uh, it's a scope disaster. You could only do it if it was like a two D sprite game. <laughs> um, but uh, I would love to see those ideas expanded on. I, I assume they are in some game. I just don't know what to, what to like look out for. Yeah. Um. Is there anything else? I um I know Speaking of Two is uh, a sequel to this game. I know there's some recurring characters. I know that it's also like twice as long. I don't understand how this game is going to be better twice as long. I'm really worried that I'm just going to hate Speaking of Two. 
I mean, I hope. So there's two ways this can go, right? Either is just this and longer and bad, or an etch. I really, really do want to find the version of this genre that I don't think the story is stupid. Um, and I don't, I'm not looking for recommendations because I will try things earnestly. It's, it's worse if you tell me, oh no, the trails, play the trails games. I will one day, maybe, you know, don't force it on me. Uh, the more you push it, the less likely it's going to happen, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I like the idea of, uh, you know, here's a serious story about politics in my RPG, but the only like themes that come up are like at some point you start doing the violence and the game goes now you've done the violence isn't that bad isn't it it hard to be a ruler sometimes a ruler means like pardoning the evil and making them join your side that's what mercy like mercy is important and by that we mean liberalism and it's just like i don't know why um a lot of these stories go that way and this is true of like the other story I guess it's just it's every genre, right? It just happens to be I come to this one because it's sold as not this. Yeah, I mean Mass Effect uh, is this, right? On some level, Mass Effect is this, but no one's selling me Mass Effect as like a serious story of. Well, because, they are it, just not people you okay, know or yeah. listen to. All right, fair enough. I'm listening to the JRPG fans, um, but it's like, um, I'm trying to think of a good example. Uh, what's a game that we like that's kind of this? Um, I mean, I can think of some, but not any that you've played, I guess. I don't know. Like, this in what way? I mean, like, I guess every, I mean, we don't like them, but every Persona game, every Shin Megami Tensei game is also, like, the weird centrism, like, oh, you don't want to actually do... I mean, we like, we like, um, we like, uh, Planescape Torment definitely has some of this in it. There's bones of it. Yeah. It's true. It's so true. God. That game but that game like, that game works because it's specifically about characters who don't matter and suck and just it's about their interiority. Uh if if the nameless one became king, not much would change other than the game would be much worse. It'd be so much worse, God. And then Kotal 2. In stores now. Oh man, fuck <laughs> Um Yeah, I, I guess I just think that like We really like Final Fantasy Ten too. And I keep trying to think of why I like it so much when every other attempt to do this is the big like politics JRPG I don't like. But the only answer I can come up with is that no one making Tentu thought of it as the politics game so they can just have the stories be earnest. Yeah, It's not tr- made, trying to make a grand statement about I mean, violence. It's mostly just hanging out. Fundamentally, that game is about Yuna after her friend group has shattered repairing a different friend group. It just happens that friend group is all the leaders of the various factions of Spira. <laughs> I, and I, I've always believed this about um, uh, Ten and why I like it, and like as I gesture some of the problems with like the Seven remake and the way like politics work in Final Fantasy games is the the reason the Ten games can be as good and as like relatively uh, bold as they are is that they are about religion. <laughs> they are never about like imperialism or capitalism or any of the like other metaphors that come up in these games because that's when everything like the second they start touching that stuff, it's made by rich people in Japan. <laughs> so it's not going to like deal with it very well. Um and so I I, I would just like Sweet 2 to be a good one of these. I want to play a good one. Of these. I don't want to just be the downer person. Yep. 
but, oh, but also, so also, much. I really, I really have to emphasize, and I guess uh, the one thing I want to talk about is the experience of playing this between the two of us, which is uh, interesting. Is I enjoyed this game a lot. I played it the way I played games back in the day. I loaded the game up. I found the 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 one FAQ on game FAQs that was like both like I think it was I don't think it was the largest. Maybe it was the largest, but it was the one that looked like it was the most competently written from the intro and the table of contents. And I just scrolled down and nursed it on my iPad while I played the video game and watched YouTube. Like this is just what I like. Take out the YouTube. This is how I played every game from like 15 to 20. So that's how I used to play these games and was very fine with it. And um, I ended up really not liking... So first of all, I, accident, I you linked me your guide and then I accidentally used the wrong one and I used like a bad guide. It would like get town names wrong. It would be bad if it tended to went to switch party members. Um, was It, it was n- measurably worse guide. Eventually at the end, I switched to the proper guide. I was like, oh, shit. Okay. The, thing, the thing the guide really like helped with was... When it told you to assemble your party members, you you could trust that it was useful for going forward because every time you have to switch out a party member, it is a nightmare of gear management. If Suikoden yes. 2 just has a gear swap button, it'll instantly be better. I don't care how long the fucking game is. That's so true. Um, but more than that, like, I've just realized I don't... This is just a me problem with RPGs, but I don't like playing RPGs with guides anymore. Um, yet I'm not willing to not have like I also don't want to miss things so it is a catch 22 there I probably would have been fine if I just played speaking and only got 110 guys you know 93 guys or whatever it was you know missed a few guys Um, I I would have been completely fine I would have beat the game wouldn't have been an issue but I need the guys I need to I need to make sure I'm not missing something and so I need I don't know what I don't know what like the answer is, is here other than to like you know force myself next time i play an rpg to not look at a guide because yeah. uh the back and forth stop start nature is always um i just don't like that anymore the thing, the thing is a lot of this is because of this era right like this is the yes. era of games with missable stuff like i i play i'm i'm slowly and i mean every couple of months i put it down and then pick it up again or whatever making my way through xenoblade chronicles x i've had multiple friends have to sit me down when i'm being extra normal about it and be like look there's missable stuff. It's signposted. You know what it is. I'm t- I, I I have lists from friends of exactly what the missable things are in that game. So I don't have to nurse a guide when I'm just running on a big open world because it would drive me crazy. <laughs> right. Um, and like the games are absolutely designed to account for that now. Like the, yes. the tracking systems are in the game. Yes. Um, and... Whereas these games are like meant to be played multiple times, right? Yeah, and I'm not going to do you that. To... I don't have that life. No. When we play Suikoden 2, probably in 2022, I'm going to load up a guide. I'm going to play it just like I did this one. <laughs> I'm going to import a downloaded perfect save. Well, yeah, I'm also going to do that because by then I will have probably hacked my Vita and I'll probably be playing on my Vita, but with an import save. But I'm definitely still just going to follow the guide. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I will see how I do. I mean, we've got a lot of other JRPGs coming up soon, yep. so um, I feel like there are yeah, better candidates. We'll, we'll talk about the end of this, like what what is going to be at the end of this podcast. But the next RPG, I'm actually just intending to play. I don't really intend to pull the guide. I think it'll be fine. <laughs> it seems pretty short. Yeah. Um, so, it's specifically, knowing this one was about getting the 108 guys, I'm like, well, I have to. Why would I ever not use a guide? <laughs> but the, the only other game that we have announced that we're doing um is lost odyssey and that's a game where you can when i was a teenager (laughs) i went all out on guide shit for that game god i spent you know the one beach in that game (laughs) where the silver guys are i have 
uh, I in my my old gamer tag I can't get into anymore because I've lost it in the, in the sands of time. I have all but one achievement in Lost Odyssey, yes. which is open all the treasure chests. Don't know where that Such treasure cool chest is. Annoyed to this day that somehow I missed that treasure chest. I don't even use that profile anymore. <laughs> And the thing is, like, Lost Odyssey was, I remember, designed to be accommodate. Like, it has it has a couple features that, like, uh, seem a bit, like, weird now, but in the, the in the era of this design make a lot of sense. It has the auction house, where if you miss an item in a, like, a, a missable item in an area, it'll show up at the auction house in that one town. Mm-hmm. You can buy it. Uh, and it also, like, you can... The chest thing theoretically is impossible to miss a chest because you can always go back to every area and open them. This tortured you because it meant you ran around across the ent- every screen in the game multiple times, seemingly never finding this yeah, chest. I don't know where it was. Uh, it was a long time ago, so I, you know, whatever. Uh, whatever when, I, when we play yeah. Lost Odyssey, I will not be bothering to open every chest this time. <laughs> no, God, because because I've mostly broken myself out of the desire to do everything in a game. Because what what actually happened is achievements so changed the definition of what everything was outside of what I was interested in doing um, that I just I just can't do it anymore. But I, I'm not interested in like doing every like side thing. Well, right? Also, like, also I have 800 games now, right? Like this was yes. this is a different. Like I played Final Fantasy VII one summer, and that's all I played because that's the game I had. I, I played Final Fantasy VII. But but speaking has like a true ending. Yeah. Like you need the all the guys the true ending. <laughs> the, I'm the fairly true, sure the, so, the complex and nuanced true ending. Right. This, I, mean, this, I knew this before I played it. I knew the ending was a bunch of bollocks. Um, and then the addition was Grammy is back, everybody. Uh, this, yeah, the seer, the seer on your side is like, what, once I, I have the power one time ever in history to bring back someone from the dead. You're like, wow, that's fucking useful. She's like, I'm using it right now on Gremio. And you're like, wait, no, save it for someone who matters. It's amazing that save everyone in the Matthew. room is just- He's useful. It's amazing that everyone in that room didn't just start throwing like their cans at her and be like, "What? Bring back Odessa! We have we. There's a more famous like dead person in this game. Um, Odessa would be so pissed if you brought her back from the dead. Yes, Gremio is like it's uh just like from the moment where he was about to die, where he disappeared out of his clothes instead of actually died, is back, and he's like, "Oh, okay, I'm back." And you're like, "You're level 15. I don't want to use you. I didn't want to use you the first time." I was so surprised that um, Gremio was resurrected, considering that he, like, the camera pans away from his death. Yeah. I'm like, oh, he must have got out somehow, and we just didn't see like, Well, he know, did, but by being, of, by being inceptioned into the ending of the game. <laughs> I guess it, I guess she opened a time portal. Yes. Uh, <laughs> God. What a ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous story. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, I've, like I said, I know I would spend this episode complaining because I think that like the frictions of this game are the interesting part. But I, I really did, in, apart from like my like realizing I don't enjoy playing with a guide anymore, I enjoy playing RPGs. Is the long and short of it. I enjoyed sitting down and playing this game. Yeah.
If you'd like to send us questions about the games we're covering, or any game at all, honestly, you can send them to podcast at abnormalmapping.com. Our first question is from Gary. Is the general question. If you could prevent any video game trend from happening and remove its influence from games forever, what would you pick? Uh, Gary then goes on to say, obviously we'd obliterate crunch. Don't say crunch. I want to hear you rant about how voice acting killed JRPGs. Uh, we already did that a little bit, <laughs> but let's pick something else. Pick a different thing you want to remove from video games. My other answer, my answer isn't crunch, but it's just as like, like I want to get rid of microtransactions. But I guess that doesn't, that feels not in the spirit of this. Even though my answer is I want to go back to like properly defined like games about space with Resident Evil. Like I, yeah, I, guess, I, wanna, I, guess, I wanna get rid of open world maps. Outside of like you can put out like two a year, but that's it. <laughs> I don't I don't even think it's um, I think I think the thing I want to not entirely get rid of because I like it in RPGs specifically, but I want to mostly remove the idea of like external incremental progression the way that like you know in mgs5 you have a million different trees and upgrade trees and items are i want to find items in the world and then i equip them i want to like explore a place get a new sword and then damn that's my new sword yeah my my version of this says i don't like i don't want to pick up loot i don't want a checklist of anything i don't want to have to open chests in a region uh based on a big map that shows me all the chests none of that get it out of here get out of here yeah yeah uh, Kim writes in, if you could add any JRPG character to Suikoden's recruitable cast, who would it be? Uh, any JRPG character? Yes. Who? There's also a follow-up question uh, while you're thinking about this. Do you think a new Suikoden would try to use Watchdog Legion's randomly generated party system, and would that suck? They basically do already. There's five guys who their entire personality is blacksmith. They have different colored outfits. That's it. That's the difference. <laughs> they basically do. It's true. They're, they are coming out with that new sweet game, supposedly. Kickstarted now. Yeah. Uh, uh, Teller. Teller, huh? That's interesting. Teller. That's cool. I like that. He'd be a good... I'm like, I don't actually want like any of my like favorites, because the things that make them good are like the emotional content of their games. But Teller's is a goofy guy. I'll have Teller around. Uh, Mog, I think, is my answer. Okay. Just because Mog's cool and Mog's got the dances and uh, that, I don't know. There's a bit in this game where you go up to a lady in the bar and she asks you to dance with her or whatever. And you have to have like a certain speed to like succeed and then recruit her. And the sequence where she's doing like a very elaborate animation dance and <laughs> Tear is just like slowly spitting in place is so much fun. We talked about this, I think, with our maybe Final Fantasy VI episode about how good sprite based like gesture like ways of emoting are this game has a lot of that despite the fact that the sprites are way too big to like have enough posability they just manage to squeak by sometimes yeah it's this the sprite based look of this game is interesting because it like i think it's often a not very good looking game uh it's often very generic um you know the, the sprites are too big it's an awkward like well, how do we do this on a playstation uh, but they they get by they somehow get by the 3d like sprite based battles are sick and uh, the animation's really good, so uh, it ends up working out. Yeah. Uh, Ethan writes in, uh, do you have a game for you remember from your childhood that you don't really know of anyone else who's played or talked about? Ethan's is a game for GameCube called Scaler, which is a hybrid of Sonic Adventure and Spyro. I've never heard of it. I've played Scaler. Okay. That came out on Xbox. It's got a, it's got a, it's got a blue dragon, but it's not blue dragon. But it, it, the, the, the guy you play is a blue dragon. Okay. Um, um, is that an appropriate summation of what the game is? 
Yeah, that's that's pretty man. I should play Scalar. <laughs> they uh, should bring back every terrible like mid tier, th- uh, you know, three D platformer from the PS2. My game of this is I, I assume it's an NES game. I actually don't remember it well enough to know if it's uh, Nintendo or Super Nintendo. But it is the Crash Test Dummies game, which is a platformer based on uh, pop culture figures, the Crash Test Dummies, the 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 guys who get in car wrecks, but were like in advertisements about putting on your seatbelt when i was a kid amazing yep um (laughs) this is a bad day to send this in ryan sends in what's your favorite game that has troy baker on the voice cast fuck troy baker (laughs) yo fuck troy baker we have him making Mona Lisa's. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan, for sending this in. We're not going to answer it. It's just funny that it was this day. I actually went through this and looked and had an answer. I'm not going to give it to you. Fuck Troy Baker. <laughs> Fuck Troy Baker. The guy. What, what's the answer? Uh, now give I don't some, remember. I'm trying to look at this, trying to remember what it was. <laughs> so, okay, well, give it to me later. You know, it was some anime bullshit thing. I don't remember. Actually, it's, it's when it, probably when you get, Persona 4, when you I get guess. Right down to it, it's probably Kanji. I like Kanji. I understand that there's like a lot of problems, but man, that dude was cool. Too bad everything else happened to him in that game. Uh, I mean, people know. People out here genuinely saying that Persona 5 is like, you know, really good and smart. Yeah. So saying, admitting you like Kanji is no no crime. Yeah. He's good. Uh, Autumn writes in, why do people like golf games? I've never played one. Don't know what the appeal is. Yo, holy shit. Golf games are so good. So, so here's it's- the thing. Golf is a fundamentally evil, unsalvageable sport. Yes, like beyond other sports, which are also like in their mostly current configurations, like horrible capitalist nightmares of abuse and like buying humans. Like it's a bad system. Yes, golf golf is environmentally disastrous. It's racist. It's classist. There's, you know, you just go down the line. Um, The thing is, sitting, like having a space where you, you are pointing a ball in a direction and changing its trajectory and then hitting it towards a very distant and tiny goal is fun. It's really fun, actually. Yes. Um, and that's it. It's just like really pleasant to sit there and try to get that ball in that hole over and over again. And you got to adjust for the wind and the type of ground you're on and what club you're using and all those things. And then also just your ability to hit the button in time. Um, I feel like golf video games are like, for our generation what pinball is for like gen xers in a lot of ways <laughs> yeah uh I, I yeah no you're not wrong I, I was gonna say i think that like i would describe golf games as being turn-based platformers i think yeah. that's why they're good <laughs> that's fair yeah that's you, yeah you only get one jump though every turn and you yeah, really got every turn I, yeah I, I think that, that that's what the thing that makes them appealing above certain other sports game is their time based platforms yeah that's a really good answer actually golf games fucking slap i was going i accidentally knocked over my my uh tower of games uh yesterday I was <laughs> putting them back it's like a it's one of those wire racks and it, it tips over like at the slightest touch it's, it's it's shitty but i was putting them back and i was like oh this is my ps3 Wii tower and at the top was tiger 12 the last great tiger game and i was like this game's so good Bring back golf games. We really should play that Game of Color game. <laughs> oh, yeah, we can do that. Yeah. We can do everybody's golf. I don't want to do everybody's golf. I want to do that Game Boy Color game. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Uh, Alex writes in, uh, speak it in. 
this game's neat and because so much of rpg maker is geared towards recreating this in early final fantasy uh i have checked myself a lot about this being the inspiration for rpg maker and not a product of rpg maker it's true it's got a big whack rpg maker off of it when i started up i was like nice. wow this is just like someone went and made all these like cup sprites and plates and armor and stuff and put them in their video game <laughs> yep uh, I mentioned does, does I like that you don't really have to bother weapons. Of course, this does mean that you have to gamble to upgrade all your gear all the time. Um, thankfully, you can just uh, do that. <laughs> the um, the money in this game needs another digit. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> uh, the question Alex has. Uh, oh, <laughs> the final thing here. Uh, Barbarossa just suplexes Windy off the castle. That is what happens. I, I was, I was, I was thinking like, is he gonna, is he gonna palpitate her? Is he straight up gonna palpitate her right now? And he basically almost does. Yeah. Um. He like Zangief bear hugs her off the fucking parapets. <laughs> we are in love. Whoa! <laughs> the game's so stupid. Yep. Uh, questions. Do you have a favorite character? Mine was Millage. I didn't ask you, Jackson. Who's your favorite character? It's Matthew. Oh, fair enough. Um, I asked people right in. Uh, this I think came in maybe before I did that to uh, write in with your favorite character. Uh, oh, if if there was a if okay, Matthew's the obvious answer, right? I like him. It's just like I like the guy who's in you know. Yeah. He's like a shitty Kongmin guy. He rules. Yeah. Uh, if you want just like a one of the just random throwaway guys, um, I forget his name because no, no anyone's name, but uh, the fake aristocrat. <laughs> Oh yes, that guy's that guy's in here as someone's favorite character, and it's a good. Oh, he's so good. I, I don't know what that guy's name is because he gives you a different name every time. It's amazing. What um, a goofy guy. Do you have a favorite party lineup? What was your? Did you have like a squad you kept going back to? Uh, so I always had Tear, Victor, and um, the game really just... wants you to have Victor pretty much all the time anyway, so it's really easy to invest in Victor. I just had I had the starting guy. I had Tear, Victor. Uh, clicks is that his name click uh flick 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 not clicks flick uh uh cleo um pawn and uh stallion because i needed the sprint okay so i had uh tier uh usually usually victor if i get him uh victor when he left your party briefly was took paint with him and i was really mad it took hours to get him back i needed that paint to finish that uh, wall scroll god um uh uh millich uh and then i uh cleo because cleo was my battle mage millich was my healer mostly um uh the the guy the the elf with the bow i don't remember like i want to say kirkris but it's not that i'm just reading it's similar to kirkris and i'm reading legend of galactic heroes right now <laughs> Yes, but you know what I'm talking right. about. Um, I also, I also, every time say Kirkus, Kirkus. Yes, because uh, that that person also has a holy rune. And I want to run. Um, and uh, Kasumi, because she's cool. She's a fucking ninja. <laughs> yeah, Yuffie. Yep. Uh, would you play Final Fantasy Tactics? Was just rock paper scissors. Um, yeah, probably. I intend to give Final Fantasy Tactics a pretty earnest try. Whether I end up finishing the game or watching it on YouTube is uh, left to be just like, you know, whether I end up liking the part where it's a slow tactics game is one thing, but I do intend to actually go through tactics one of these days. Yep. I'm on the, I have promised people I will do that. 
Yeah. Uh, we've got a joint email from Jess and Briar, who played this game together. Uh, we got the last star of Destiny, one cutscene too late for Gremio, so rip Gremio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our favorite uh, party member is Futch. Uh, our favorite uh, non-party member is Window. Uh, he's not a warrior yet. He doesn't even want to be a warrior. Just wants to build stained glass windows. Uh, Briar's favorite character is Klon. Fam- uh, thanks to his famous quote, Welcome to Torin Castle. I feel so good. <laughs> Did they? I, I never found a bit of dialogue that explained why Klon was called Klon when there was also the place called Klon. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I was also wondering, curious about this. I was like, is there a link there? Yeah. yeah. Uh, ba-ba. what do you think about the implication that there exists runes that just make you super good at artisan crafts <laughs> imagine being someone who spends decades of their life perfecting the art of stained glass windows only for window to show up one day and say oh yeah i can just magically conjure those with no effort and training good for you though <laughs> um that's just how it is that's just how it is sometimes this is why fantasy, that's honestly this, this is why fantasy universes suck <laughs> honestly that's not that far off from real life yep uh yeah were there any party members you thought were going to be super important or turned out to do absolutely nothing? Gremio. All of them. <laughs> well, all of them, but yes, Gremio's up there. Um, the, like, big rough and tumble guy who looks like a wrestler. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, the big, like, he's, like, tan. His hair is the same color as him, basically. Oh, him. Yes, yes him. Yeah. Because there are a few that, like, you go on quests with, right? Eventually, I realized that, oh, no, everyone just disappears after their quest. They just have, like, a new character for each region. Yes. Like, when Hicks came along with um, his sister, which he's named his sword after, which isn't weird at all. They're not brother and sister. They're, like, childhood friends who are going to grow and get married, right? Okay, because I was going to say, I was like, the vibes are weird here. <laughs> no, no, no. I thought they were the kids from... I thought they were the chief's kids. No, he... She's the chief's daughter, I think, but uh, he's got this whole like, ah, this is the son that my daughter's going to marry. He needs to be a strong warrior. Oh, okay. Well, that makes a lot of the game make more sense because I was like, why? <laughs> I just read them as brother and sister. I was like, What's going on here? Um, God. Uh, also, Gregminster is one of the funniest RPG name towns I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm saying. So here's the other thing. Fuck the rest of the discussion about this game. We started playing this game. You're like, oh, Gregminster, normal sounding name. Like, what are you talking, Gregminster? It's called Gregminster. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I. I didn't. I didn't know what Minster meant. I knew it was like a n- name place, but like you know, I didn't know. You need to know. It just feels wrong. Yep. Uh, Clive. <laughs> uh, Charles writes in, I bought this game when it came out with my now wife when we were in college. It remains one of our favorites. I remember being really angry with Quanda for committing genocide and uh, thus choosing that was unforgivable as an option. Uh, assuming it pulled some bullshit and put him on my team anyway. And then the game just had us execute him, <laughs> which seemed wild at the time. Uh, it feels like the, you need to show mercy if you want 108 choices. Uh, we're like more from we're like, aren't just there for show, but it does make things less interesting when that's just what the game does, which is true. Yes. Uh, we decided not to spare Milich because he was responsible for Gremio's death. Uh, and it was neat because they had Camille, who'd been doing a bit about only joining us because Gremio owed her a debt, fearfully rush in and stab him. But that, that's pretty sick, actually. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, points out the Matthew thing being great about how it's about how you're just a figurehead and a symbol more than a leader. It's all, yes, it does dance on the knife's edge of making that fuck, like suck, but it's good. Uh, the, the good thing about, like, you know, as we've said about it being underwritten, right? It can't push anything over the edge. It is what it is. It's like everything gets so few lines that it, uh, that, that stuff ends up working out. Yeah. Um, 
it was good to learn that saving Pawn was a matter not just of like doing a special thing, but just keeping in your party enough to make him strong enough to defeat an enemy. <laughs> Which yes, yes, it's good. It's good. Um, favorite uh, star character because I did this was when uh, people were writing out their favorites was Sonia. Honorable mention to Sidonia and Marie. I don't uh, is Marie the hotel lady or is she the washing yes. lady? Okay, she's the hotel lady. No, she's the hotel. And Sidonia is the like other bandit guy that just says yes. yo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sidonia of the knights. <laughs> Yes. Uh, D writes in, thinking about army battles and duels in Suikoden, wondering if switching up the mechanics in RPG for an important event works for you. Uh, if it didn't work in this game, can you think of one that shifts mechanics in a way that did succeed? I love the idea of shifting scales in RPG, but can't think of one where I love the mechanics of it. Uh, D's favorite characters are Gen and Kamandol for their banter, which, you know, it's pretty good. Uh, the the two I think of mechanics wise, this one's not really an RPG, but uh, um, I guess it is. What am I talking about? It's definitely an RPG. Bowser's Inside Story has a couple <laughs> boss battles that are very speaking and inspired, where Bowser grows enormous and punches a castle to death. Uh, it's fucking sick. I love it every time it happened. Um, that sounds pretty cool. But the other thing I really uh, that a lot of speaking reminded me of is uh, Skies of Arcadia, the uh, Dreamcast. I played on GameCube uh, game, which is about being sky pirates, but also you get a ship and there are ship battles that are like kind of like the castle battles, but a little more involved, but it it's based on the skills of people you've recruited going around the world who you put in roles on your spaceship to go fight guys with. Um, and that stuff's sick. I think it's like a better elaboration of this stuff than, you know, you, you, you get the, you get the ninjas to tell you what the guys are going to do. And then you do the hard counter to it over and over again until you win. <laughs> yes. Uh, do you have any examples of this? Um, no, really. I, I do like it. I like it conceptually. Um, I think it doesn't come together in this game because it's just kind of like awkward uh, rock paper scissors stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think if there's a way to like link the stuff with the uh, main game like more intrinsically, mm-hmm. uh, I would really like him. Don't yawn on a podcast. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> sorry. Am I boring you, Jackson? No, I'm just <laughs> like this. I, it's Christmas Eve. I haven't slept enough. What do you want from me? Did you finish your thought? Oh, you're going to edit that out? No, I'm not editing that out. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't have a good answer. <laughs> uh, I, though I do like it. I, I'm trying to think of like... Because... You're right that like when I think of this, I just think of it being done badly. Yeah. But I'm not against the conception. Like I think of the fucking terrible tower defense stuff in Assassin's Creed Revelations. Like, oh, we're being attacked. Ooh. Right. Fort Condor. Remember Fort Condor? Fort Condor. Fuck. Right. Exactly. Fuck. God. Fort Condor. <laughs> Fort Condor's so bad that they had to. They just if you lose, you just fight a normal battle. <laughs> so the so the actual challenge is how do I get the guy up quick enough so I can fight him like in the video game. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Zeb writes in Suikoden is one of my favorite game franchises of all time uh, even picking a favorite character from the first game is hard Victor is ultimately my favorite I like that he's like a swordsman with like a human side uh, motivated by his grief um, and he recognizes the talent in others and isn't just like the Han Solo guy who is like shitty all the time I'm editorializing because there's a bit here I throw it in I, I said when I asked her questions don't talk about two Zeb you talked about two <laughs> we're gonna play two someday I don't want to see it <laughs> Um, other people talked about it too. They're all on notice, also. 
Um, Explicit instructions. We got yes. an order. Uh, Zeb specifically shouted out the friendship with the Flick. Uh, the, those two holding off like the army at the very end of the game is like really good. It's it's like it's way better writing than the entire rest of the game put together. It's remarkable what you can do when you have like characters in situations yes. that are like because it just turns into the end of MGS4, but like the good bits, not the bullshit. Yeah. The bit where Raiden's got his sword in his mouth and there's a million guys. Yeah. Um, Zeb also shout out Taiho, uh, just something about a Mifune esque guy who wants to gamble and adventure, but manages to also be a skilled warrior <laughs> is good. Yes. The bit where, uh, him and the other guy and that lady are just like in the hut drinking and gambling is good. It's a good scene. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's part of that like night before stuff. Yes. I like all that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Kyle writes in Yoko Taro famously believes that all JRPGs need fishing in them. Is there any feature that you think JRPGs should adopt to universally improve themselves? Uh, the fucking experience system from this game. <laughs> Actually, it's so uh, obviously there's a lot of characters and they don't all they don't automatically level up as you bring them in, uh, which I think is what most normal ga like games now would do. But it actually does something I think is cooler where experience is scaled to level versus the enemy so if you bring someone in they're going to be like you're, you're level 50 and you bring in someone who's like level 15 they're going to be weak as hell for one battle but then they're going to get so much experience that they leap to like 23 and the next battle they're at 28 and then after that they're like in the mid low 30s and they will catch up within like under 10 battles and it's incredible it's so cool <laughs> i think it worked well in this game but i don't know if i agree I don't think that would make most games better. I think you need the fact that it's a million party members. Well, yeah, yeah. It, it specifically works in a game with a, with more than, like, six party members, right? But, but, and also, but also, like, crappy dungeons. Sure. <laughs> like, but if, if Final but, Fantasy VI had this, I'd use the party more, like the other party members. I guess that's true. I'm trying to think about it because, like, it goes both ways to me in that I think you do lose, like... After I've had three battles in a dungeon, I'm like, stop giving me battles. I'm the right level. Fuck off. Um, and then it becomes a question of what am I doing here? Uh, like tuning RPG adjustment is like, I would say like a good 70% of the actual challenging game design in an RPG. If you can nail that, I've complained about the story for hours, right? But they nailed that. So it's fine. It doesn't matter. Progression's fine. It's all you need. Um, and uh, I don't think it's as like wide-rangingly revolutionary as you, but it is nice in this game. Uh, yeah, fair enough. What's your thing? Um, I mean, I agree with fishing. Like, me and Yekataro finally finding common ground, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I like, dec I like decorating good. stuff. Like, if it's a room, if it's a castle, whatever, let me decorate. I think of the thing, one of the uh, best versions of this is the secret base, and uh, I think it started in third gen Pokemon. Might have been fourth gen. I think it's third gen. Uh, where you just had like a little base that you built, and you put all like a bunch of Poke dolls and computers and shit in it, and then if you linked with someone, you could visit their secret base. It was sick. Yeah. Pokemon was way better before. <laughs> And that just the truest thing in the world. Okay. Not because the Pokemon are bad now, uh, just entirely because 3D games are in everything. That's all. Yeah. It's not even Game Freak's fault. True. If they put out a 2D game, people would riot, so. God, can you imagine if they did it? If they put out like an elaborate sprite game? I'd be so happy. I'd be so fucking thrilled. Are you kidding me? I'd never play anything else. We'd have to quit the podcast. I think they could get away with it. Uh, Hilver writes in. Th oh. <laughs> Shut up! We got a million emails. Uh, if all games could only be a mandated length, what should it be? Eight hours. Yeah, eight hours is pretty good. Like, 
this is an impossible question because you know there are some games that are too long eight hours there are some games way too short uh if, if we're talking rpgs i would say a solid 25 is my is usually the area i would go to um because there's you know i think you can round most of the longer games down to it and you can also beef a lot of the shorter games up to it and it would you know good middle ground 25 hours uh but uh if we're talking all games eight hours okay yeah fair enough it's gonna really fuck up indie games to have to be eight hours long though uh that's why when they just need to all come out as uh like anthology packs oh yeah fair enough uh josh writes in haven't played this game since it came out but a couple things that i remember fondly uh gremio's death was pretty shocking to me i could still remember where i was when it happened like some boomer during jfk's assassination <laughs> it's very funny to me because gremio's death is super telegraphed and ridiculous now it's like it's like being really broken up over like palam and Porum to me <laughs> the, the, the gremio thing is really funny because the, the foreshadowing isn't even like anything it's just um I think it's Victor saying, I've just got a hunch about this mission. Yeah. Gremio, you shouldn't come with us. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, this game has my favorite fantasy kobolds. They're just adorable forest puppers. It's true. They're good. They're good characters. Uh, the character art in this game generally is like incredible. Uh, yeah. I think the portraits, like the way they're translated in the game is like not great. But if you go to the original art, these are incredible character designs. <laughs> and I know like part of the development was they just had people come in and pitch ideas. Cause like we need 108 of these. It's really fucking hard to think of 108 characters. <laughs> yep. Uh, the main character having a bow staff at the time was really revolutionary to me. It is cool. The bow staff is cool. Um, and then Josh says, uh, if you're born in the 80s, uh, this is not true for me, but I'm uh, probably a little younger than Josh is. There's a 99.9% chance you named the castle Grayskull, uh, which, you know what, I bet there's a lot of that, actually. We didn't mm. ask people what they named their castle. I should have asked that instead of your favorite character. It's way more revealing, I feel like. <laughs> me just Googling Tarim. <laughs> um, my favorite character is Flick. He has big gambit energy, and uh, I enjoyed that at the time, <laughs> which, yep, yeah, that's the mid-90s for you. Uh, it's the mid nineties. Um, Brian writes in. Uh, My favorite character is Pesmerga, the enigmatic and mostly silent black knight who hunts Uber, seemingly, uh, like you know, I, I, into and out of the story. Uh, <laughs> which Souls game do you believe Pesmerga comes from? <laughs> Bloodborne. It's Bloodborne. Bloodborne. Yeah. Um, do you don't fight Uber, do you? No, no. He, he just you beat him in that battle and he just walks off yeah i assume it's kicked down to like two or something right but it, it plays if he's like ah whatever yeah empire's gone i'm bouncing what do you think you were did to make presmerica hunt him for all time sucks <laughs> he um he um told him how lost ends <laughs> emailed in about Suikoden 2 and we only asked for emails yeah, on Suikoden 1. I want to say, Brian, you, you you wrote in about Suikoden 2. I left that part out. <laughs> You're also on notice. Gonna chase you forever. <laughs> uh, we got an email from Zoe. Zoe, you wrote in about Suikoden 3. I didn't even think about that game. <laughs> You're on notice. Chasing you through time and space. <laughs> um nate writes in uh i think what makes speaking of games so special is uh the way they layer on each other to create a web of history uh you know hope you play the future ones uh do you think that this is true in the first entry does it come across or does it just seem like a pretty boilerplate jrpg uh it seems like the most boilerplate jrpg <laughs> it seems yeah 
completely. Yep. Uh, Nate's favorite character this weekend is Victor, because uh, he's big, dumb, and trying his best. You know what? Fair enough. Uh, Day writes in, I'm glad Pond said he never regrets what he'd done before joining you because I sure as heck did. Anyway, as a longtime <laughs> Sweet and fan wiki person, uh, it feel like the game runs out of steam towards the end. Do you agree? Eh, it's, it's so brief that it's hard to say it runs out of steam. It definitely feels like at some point your victory narratively is assured and you're just going through the motions in a way that kind of sucks. I wish that the game let into that more. I wish that the like the boss was the final boss was easy. Like I mean it is, I but think, not in that way. Right. But like the final battle should be easy. It's never the last battle of like like a war that's the super tense important or this could go either way one. Yeah. Um and a lot of like, you know, it depends on the story you're telling, but there are ways to write the story that such that like the fact that you have become ultimately like so powerful is the point and it would under it would underscore a lot of their thematic ambitions which i think are a bit dumb but it would underscore the like now you've become the power type thinking emoji stuff if you just walked in yeah. uh, i should have done that uh, I just done that in. dave's favorite character of this batch of 108 is vincent slash vanson de boule which is the, there, the fucking there guy is. yes that fucking guy he rules yeah he's ridiculous good guy uh larry writes in uh this is one of my favorite uh game series i actually replayed a bit of speaking earlier this year and gave up uh being frustrated by some of the recruitment conditions but still had a good time with the rpg part um the rushed english translation sometimes makes it difficult to tell exactly what's happening but you know it's a good time my favorite is victor he's fun he has cool swords sometimes that's all i need <laughs> you know what this is the most valid statement uh more important than like 85% of the writing in this game is the sprite animation of specifically the way guys rip out their swords when they're ready to go. Uh, it's a good animation. Yep. Um, Zach writes in uh, asking us to uh, enjoy Suikoden's North American box art. Jackson, have you seen this? I don't think I have. Well, Google it right now and react to it. It's pretty fucking ridiculous. 96 uh, was the time. <laughs> And nine nine six. You'll know. You'll know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on here? What's happening? What is happening here? Yeah. Uh, there's, there's so much. This Gundam did this too. There's so much fantasy art that just rides on. We overdrew Kyle McLaughlin and Dune. Put it on a cover of something. <laughs> yes. I miss this kind of stuff. I miss like not the choices made here but the freedom that comes from um the fact that anime stylings hadn't been codified as the only way to tell these stories right in in america yeah uh i think there is a just a broader uh, aesthetic um like uh language of jrpgs in this era and stupid covers like this is why i'm not i'm saying it looks good but goddamn and then we have one final email from Nora, uh, who got in right under the wire as we were starting this podcast up. Uh, happy end of the year. Uh, <laughs> um, Nora says, this party's great. Wish there was a way to find all the geeks and gamers here. Nora, I've never doubted your ability to find the geeks and gamers in any situation you find yourself in. Which sounds so mean when I say it like so that. Hor- Nora's one of our favorite people in the world. <laughs> um I didn't play Suikoden. I'm sending you an email anyway. <laughs> My favorite Suikoden is the 13th guy. You know the one. I don't. They're not listed like that, actually. 
Um, no, not in the game. No, on the wiki, they definitely say it like that. No idea who the 13th guy is, though. I don't want to look it up because I might get spoilers for another Suikoden. How do I know? No, 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 no. I, I, the page doesn't have it. Not, not, a, not a guy that matters. That's one of the fucking um, blacksmiths. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> great. Uh, the white, the, the final blacksmith who's in white, who only joins you when you get all the other blacksmiths in your party and go to him, and he's like, "Ah, you're all strong now. I can retire." Yeah, but by retire, you mean come to my castle where you do the coolest shit. Is very dumb. <laughs> it's a good yes. bit. It's like straight out of like Paper Mario. Like those could just be Goombas. <laughs> absolutely yep. um uh nora in her email talks about uh thinking about video games i played in the depths of holiday season overtime for me it's assassin's creed 3 on the wii u i bought that winter <laughs> uh, i played it in bed before work every morning just after the sun had gone down do you have any games you associate with a real cozy time or a, in a job way but good like you know I, i've got got two different answers here okay uh in the winter of 2010 to 2011, I guess, when it was like snowing real bad, I was playing a bunch of Red Dead Redemption, <laughs> oh. of all things. That's that's why um, uh, that's why Felice Navidad happened. That's why Felice Navidad happened, exactly. Um, and uh, when I was working my shitty job and I would come home, I was gaming so much because, you know, you come home from your shitty job and you just, just time to put up the games and you just, you know, just turn your brain off for six hours. It's great. Uh, I played like... So I played basically every hour that I wasn't sleeping or working for a week was just devouring Need for Speed Most Wanted. It's a very the 2005. To do this too. Yeah, no. I had to go up the list. That's a fight Razor Callahan. Um, my, weirdly, the thing I associate most with like a job and a video game combined together is, uh, every morning at a job I used to have, I would come in and I would eat breakfast because uh, it, it was like a job where we expect work to come in with the mail every morning at like nine. So if you can't, like I came in, I had like a free hour and the first hour was always me uh, eating breakfast while watching the next episode of the Persona 4 Endurance Run. And that is like my enduring yeah. brain sense of that is watching those every day as they dropped, uh, uh, at breakfast at my job i don't think i will ever have i don't have many nostalgic memories about school right like yeah. because being a high schooler is actually the worst thing you could ever be it's it's torture for uh, five years mm-hmm. um uh, so i don't have many of the like these are my warm childhood memories I just had a bad time uh but one of the ones i do have is the way i would like get home with like uh, some snacks i'd picked up a cheaper asda and uh sit back in my computer chair and watch the new endurance run for the day um i will never have a routine like that with videos again like there's videos i watch now but i don't you know i don't do that in the same way mm-hmm. uh, that's i guess the, the closest is um uh like before covid would be you know when the podcast dropped and i would always go for a walk and listen to them yeah uh you know, but then uh, important if true stopped happening. I guess if we had to choose, like a one that would be that of today would be every time Just King things drop, but it's different monthly. Monthly podcasts don't hit the same. Yeah, no, that's fair. Sorry, yeah, everyone listening to this, I'm sure you all agree. Yeah. Um. Look, we have a weekly podcast. You can go listen to it. We do that work. Yep. 
that's it. That's it for podcasts or not podcasts. There's always more podcasts. That's it for emails. If you'd like to send them in for next episode, you can do that at podcast at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, it's the end of the year. We did it. That's it. We've had a good year. Somehow. I mean, look, I, I meant specifically in games we covered, but no, I know. Yeah, no, it's been, there's been nothing but bad because specifically after last year, we were like, we need to stop thinking so hard. We're just going to do games we want to do. And shockingly, <laughs> also, I, I had a really bad year in choices. terms of video games last year. I just wasn't playing shit. I wasn't enjoying anything. I was like, I need to fix this or I'll just stop. Like, you know, uh, it was a bad time. So yeah, we were like, uh, let's just change up what we did. And if you if you if you haven't listened to this year, it fucking ruled. We did Outer Wilds first. That's a great game. It feels like we played that eight years ago. <laughs> it really does. Oh uh, my god. We had times we had Noron to play Time Spinner. Time Spinner was a great cool little game. God, I wish Time I wish they had that guy had more money to make Time Spinner into a bigger one of those games because yeah. I really liked what was there. That's the thing though, is a game that is like, oh, this this could have been more, but I really enjoyed it is way better than a game where I'm like, man, this was too much. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Every time. Yep. Then we played Disco Elysium. That game's great. I'm gonna replay that when they add all the voice acting, and I'm just gonna cheat my way into like a build where I have all the stats and see all the weird shit that happens. Yeah, I was thinking maybe I'll play the console version. Then I remembered I couldn't hack it, so I was like, "I won't do that." You, uh, you did uh, that podcast about that piece of shit game that I won't talk about. It's a, it's a really good podcast. You listen to it. It's it's a like really it. good podcast. Thank you, Austin, for being on to talk about that. Yep. We talked about Halo. Come and evolved. Halo. It's Hell. all I play. It's all I play. Uh, I'm really excited once my Xbox gets here to stop playing these on PC where they're broke ass and play them on the Xbox so they'd be slightly less broke ass. I still broke us, but yes, absolutely. We're gonna we're gonna put we're gonna have are we gonna hook up like microphones to the Xbox or we're we just gonna have a Discord call separate? We're gonna have a Discord call. <laughs> okay, that now becomes more Okay, well we'll see how that goes. I will do it. I mean we can use Skype if you whatever. I will plug in my phone like I do every time I talk to you when I'm doing anything else. <laughs> no, before they were both came from the same audio source, so I only needed one headphones. Oh. You live the double headphones life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we played Kentucky Route Zero. That's a game we did not like. It's a really good episode, like though. Game. Yeah, I think that's one yeah, of our better. Ep- I mean, we have a, we've had a lot of good episodes this year, but that's a good episode. Uh, yeah, I really listened to it. I'm very very proud of that one. Yeah, uh, we played Ninja Gaiden for the NES. That was a fun game. This is a good. I'm I'm really happy we did that one. Yeah, yeah. Then we did a Super Mario RPG: Legend of Seven Stars. Thinking, oh, this is going to be our last JRPG we ever cover. <laughs> <laughs> we had already planned on speaking at this point. I think we had. I guess maybe it was it was after the Chrono Cross, you know, yes. uh, the Chrono Trigger situation. It was playing we, this. I think I came to you and I was like, "We can do another one. That's fine." Okay. <laughs> yes, because uh, I'm always for JRPGs. Yep. Then we played Metroid Prime. That was great. I should play Metroid Prime too. That feels like it was years ago, honestly. At this point, that feels further ago than Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it definitely does. Uh, then we played our grab bag, which we always do. We we covered Halo 2 on accident because we played it together. Uh, yes. Halo 2, not a very good game. It's fun, but like I, I people who say Halo 2 is better than Halo 1, we're playing it online with friends. <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, I'm just saying, the campaign's so much worse than... It's not! It is. It is. It is. It is. Fundamentally not. The level design, we can't do this. Uh, we played Outrun 2 during that or sorry outrun 2006 coast to coast i still think it was that outrun was too but yes. classic grab bag episode yeah mega oh, man yeah. x wheels of aurelia mega man x i should play x2 that's what i should do 
I'm really proud of our Wills Aurelius. I know we're just like, you know, sitting around the NS2 hour podcast to talk about we did good, but it's fine. I'm, you know, we're reflecting on the year. We don't have a top 10. We're just like, hey, you should go listen to these episodes. They're good. The Wills Aurelius episode I'm really proud of, especially that discussion. Um, I think we did really well. We we did the thing that we always do because we fucking don't pay attention to what it means to do a podcast for seven years. Uh, The Wheels of Aurelius dev definitely listen to that episode and then contact us and be like, great talk. And I was like, oh, we definitely talk shit about your game a little bit. Yeah, sorry. But we were correct. Oh, That's all that matters is that they didn't yeah. think we we're unfair. I feel like we're usually pretty generous to even the games we don't like. Sometimes, especially the games we don't like on this this podcast. Absolutely. Uh, then we played Oscar's Wrath. That's a game that uh, I liked a lot more back before. Yes, though. <laughs> Playing that's like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, we watch oh. a lot of anime now. <laughs> this, this is not doing it, Chief. Yep. Uh, and then we played Shinobi, which was actually, that episode, I think, turned out that better might than be either of us could have imagined. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So I I feel, I feel like the entirety of this podcast, I've always liked action games, right? And I've always felt like I can't talk about them in the same way that I can talk about, like, story, right? Yeah. Like, you know, for very at home, talking about themes, politics, you know, whatever, we do that all the time. Uh, but I've always felt pretty, you know, like I'm, uh, you know, paddling in whatever metaphors, struggling a little, uh, talking about action game stuff. And uh, I was I felt very happy with how this week went. That's interesting to me because I feel like from our the, our very first episode where we talk about DMC, uh, we were very good about like formally talking about what makes that game work as like a, a game you play. <laughs> Yes, the weird part is that our very first episode is, I think, one of our best formal action game discussions. Yep. Um, but I think about like the Ninja Gaiden one, which is, I think, a game I'm just too close to, to, you know, I, I think I could have done better at breaking down those mechanics, but I'm just critical of myself. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we used to listen to all of Suikoden. Congratulations. I thought it was okay. It went okay. Yeah. Uh, next year. Uh, as we keep threatening, we're doing our year of JRPGs. The way this is going to work is, Let's go. is we're going to be playing a JRPG every even-numbered month, which is February, April, June, yep. Yep. August, mm-hmm. October, yep. and December. Nailed it. Yeah. Um, and we're going to announce them after we do the, the JRPG. So we're going to announce both our January and our February games right now. So for January, we are playing Quake classic game just, just quake just quake quake ass quake uh if you would like go to find yourself like a oh you, yeah, yeah if okay, you would you, like you to do it. this in uh in 2020 uh you probably want to one you need to buy quake probably on steam and then uh install quake spasm um specifically uh there's like a branch of it uh i'm trying to figure out what it's called and now i can't remember um quake spasm spiked um and install that and uh that's going to be the way to probably play that that seems to be the the one uh source port that is like the closest to playing the original game which is how we're going to be doing it um yes if you want to if you want to fuck around and just like have a crazy one with ray tracing and uh like all the models replaced go nuts live your life you have your personal freedom um i'm getting a new chair before we do the quake episode i'm so excited i'm gonna have a nice chair i'm gonna sit be able to use my mouse and my keyboard again without sinking into this chair yeah um and then uh we uh, in february are playing the game i can never remember the name of jackson Codelka. that is the shadow heart zero functionally yes um it basically as far as i'm aware is a shadow hearts game like it's in the same universe they literally just you know use the the name of the next one going forward uh so we are starting at the start there much like this week if we like it we'll keep going um 
and yeah, it's it's so this is a very famously very hard game, uh, but it is also ten hours long. Yeah, and we looked up how the difficulty is like what it is and it seems like it is very hard if you're not aware of like how the quirks of like leveling up skills work because you have to be using things it's one of those yeah like if you don't use magic your magic's not going to grow so knowing that it feels like it's going to be a game that's like parsable at least uh yes also how hard could it be it's 10 hours long right like 10 hours long what could what wall could we run into here it's on the list like the hardest jrpgs of all time and like i we'll we'll see we'll see maybe i'll uh, have this thrown back in my face in a couple months if, but, um, hey, if it turns out that we have a hard, like, miserable time, it's 10 hours. <laughs> 10 hours, 10 hours. Yeah. It's the uh, worst that could happen. Yeah. So that is a PlayStation game. Uh, the English language version came out in the year 2000. So you know it's going to run slow as fuck. Ooh, real, uh, whatever that game is ours. Uh, Final Fantasy you know 9. what I mean. Well, yes, but I meant the other one. Oh, uh, Vagrant Story. That's the one. Yeah. You knew it. <laughs> I, mean, I had hints. I'm like, I'm just not going to give you hints. I bet you know it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're not playing Vagrant Story. I'll tell you that right now. No, no, that's just not on the list. Sorry. <laughs> Other JRPGs Sorry, will nerds. be announced. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll announce whatever is after uh, Kodelka when we get there. Uh, who knows? It could be Lost Odyssey. You know Lost Odyssey's happening. Everything else is yes. like penciled in, not in pen. So <laughs> we'll see. Yes, Lost Odyssey is the only one that we're like doing next year. But where it goes, we can decide when we get there. Yeah. The whole, everything's up for up a debate. So uh, that's it. That's literally everything we've got. Thank you so much for listening in this year. Please tell your friends about the show. We're, we are, we, we try to play our shows but we're both really bad at it to be perfectly honest with you so if you just want to tell people about your favorite normal mapping episodes retweet them when they come into your feed i I would very much appreciate it um you know uh, i like this podcast i feel like gundam has really taken over our brand and i would like to reclaim that at some point i don't think it's possible but i want to fight against it as much as i can yes um if you would like to find us at various places jackson where can people do that uh, you can find me at headfullsoff at twitter.com where I'm tweeting a bunch of bullshit and you can find the podcast that we do at abnormalmapping.com uh, there's a bunch of cool ones there in addition to this and Gundam as we said uh, we have Reftory Screenings which is our movie podcast and it's good and you should listen to Journal Updated yeah we're gonna we're to... gonna be record- when this comes out we're two days away from recording our Night of the Hunter episode of uh, Reftory Screenings so look yeah, forward to that I'm really excited for that yeah and, yeah, and Journal Updated is a molly and nora's other video game podcast. yeah they're fantastic. going to be releasing an episode on pyre uh probably the day after this because we always stack up on top of each other like that um this is the problem of having a podcast at the end of the month and another podcast at the beginning of the month um but lots of gaming content for you uh I, i'm gonna be playing a game with them next year uh i don't know if i'm allowed to say what it is but it's it's a class it's not a classic it is a crpg of some renown i'm excited to play it been putting it off for years so um look forward to that in 2021 uh, again second best clay the second best game dot club all spelled out oh. uh that's a good bet yeah you can find me on twitter at em underscore being uh if you'd like to support us on patreon it's patreon.com slash normal mapping one dollar gets you gundam like i said at the beginning of this podcast three and a half hours ago it wasn't three and a half hours ago but um <laughs> five dollars gets you writing for me and jackson about various topics uh every two weeks and for ten dollars you get voip life which is uh where we just goof around we do like lists we rate things we talk about like behind the scenes stuff we just kind of have a good time um hanging out um I enjoy it a lot. Sometimes we talk about games there. We probably will this time a little bit. So, 
So okay, I'm, I'm. You've got a secret thing, and I'm making notes of what it could be. I'm not telling you what that is. You'll have to find out uh, in two days when we record that episode, which will be out the day after this. So synergy. It's yeah. like we planned it. We didn't. We never planned anything. But it's like we planned. We it. plan some things, but not this one. <laughs> not not the things we should. It's yeah. usually like, oh, definitely in eight months we'll be playing fucking. I don't know. Pick a game. Yokai Watch. Oh, also, I'm going to put this in the podcast. If Jackson doesn't finish uh, Ocarina of Time before uh, March, we're before playing when, it in March. March. Okay. Okay. I don't, right. wa- I don't want to cover uh, Ocarina of Time. I think it's going to be a bad episode if we do, but I need them to finish <laughs> Ocarina of Time. You, need, you are laying the gun on the table. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and if they don't do it, we'll have to do it for work. And you're going to have to listen. I'm sure you're all going to be like, oh, that'd be a good episode. I'd love to listen to that. It's going to be boring. I have nothing to say. I've played that game eight times through. 100%. It's going to be so... I have to. I have to. Because I think. I also think terrible episode. Oh, invented 3D combat. Oh, it's, it's kind of evocative and cool. What do, what do you want? What do you want from us? Yeah. Um, play the game, Jackson. Play the game, Jackson. Uh, so that, that's it. Again, thank you again for 2020 so much. getting us through hell year. I hope we've been able to do the same for you, and we will continue to do it in 2021 because it doesn't seem like things are getting any fucking better.